This week on the program, no, not that shitty Avengers, the shitty one from the 90s. It's the Avengers. I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Shadak. Eric Shanska. <laughs> dip, dip, Chris Cabin. And we hate movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning into the fine program. As always, that's right. This is another one that I feel like has been, you know, on the docket here and there, requested a lot. Finally getting to it. It's The Avengers from 1998, directed, sort of, by Jeremiah Chechik. Uh, wow, this is one for the ages. You know, this I'm gonna, I'm, is something. I'm just going to come awful. at you right, right off the top yep. of, off the top here. Uh I can't. I can't stand by and call the other Avengers movie shitty. Now, come on, oh, guys. You're right. Come it's, on, guys. It's, it's uh, worse than that. <laughs> no, crappy. How about crappy? Come that's on. that's a good one. A crappy. Everybody. One. You know what's funny is I never even when I saw it in the theaters and I noped right out of the MCU. There, <laughs> I've been liking some of the output since then, but I was never on the Avengers train. I, I mean, I'll tell you this, Steve. If you got yourself mm-hmm. four movies called the Avengers. <laughs> And three of them fucking suck. That's a shitty Avengers. Sure, that's, that's, that's my Avengers math that, about. That's it. fair. Uh, the first one is really fun. It's it is a you catch that sucker on FX, and it's always on FX. Right. You'll watch forty eight minutes of that movie and be like, "This is kind of cool." Ooh, it's, is it dinner time? Uh, Great, I'm, turn I'm, it I'm, off. I'm sure other people will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> oh come <laughs> on, forty eight minutes. Forty eight minutes. Of I that honestly. Piece of shit. I honestly don't know that I would do that, Steve. To be to be totally upfront with you, I full on like that movie, but you know that's that's all we're talking about. We're talking about the actual shitty Avengers, yes, right? The, the shittier Avengers, the uh, the thing we loved doing in the '90s, especially bringing back, bringing out film versions of huh. television shows that no one gave a fuck about, hoping that something would stick to the wall because Mission Impossible well, was a success. Let me let me stop the tweets. People in jolly old London town. F- probably like you know loved the the television property and it's okay to like that fine i, I oh you go i have no idea i mean i i the my extent of knowing about the source material is that they're on the cover of i think the first television personalities record which is awesome <laughs> uh but like yeah that's about my extent of knowledge of this piece of shit I gotta say, the I, franchise I, in general, you mean, right? Yeah, I watched an episode of it bef- uh, uh, for in while watching this because I was like, "Well, nothing's here," um, <laughs> yeah. and even that, it's just it's like it's like drinking like pond water. You're just like, "Oh, stop it, this!" Across <laughs> the pond water. Uh, that was 1960s TV yeah, yeah, yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I but I, I fell for some of those uh, TV movie remake bullshits. I remember being like first in line for the mod squad, and I have no idea why. Dude, I have no too. idea why. I, me too. That's insane. I, I was so fucking jacked to see that movie in the theaters, and I could not tell you why. I've never seen a second of that television show. I barely knew what it was. Like I knew that it was a show, and like you kind of would get it here and there yeah. on like a Nick at Night situation or like a TV land, whatever it was at the time that movie came out. And but like. 
I had no business being excited <laughs> about that movie, and I was there opening weekend. Mm-hmm. I must confess, I've never seen the Mod Squad movie. Yeah, I think I think I probably did at some point on on telly. I'm gonna start talking British for people, <laughs> sure, sure. But I don't really remember it. She, it's like a you know, there are three sexy whatever's going after villains kind of a thing. I feel like Kate. Uh, what do you call it there? Uh, what's her name? Claire Danes. Claire Danes like gets beat up by somebody. It's a little uncomfortable. That's all I kind of remember. I don't really remember. It's like th- they're like they're supposed to be teenagers that are assigned <laughs> to like work with an undercover cop or something, which yeah. might also have been the plot of the television show. I don't know. But also, you got floating around in that movie Dennis Farina uh, and Josh Brolin, I think too. Wow, I, that's I, right. I remember also just from the commercial it having like those really like blown out colors like yes. from like Gone in 60 Seconds yep. like the the Bruckheimer special. Yeah. I yeah, see. no, it de- I mean if you look at Giovanni Ribisi in this movie, you it's indistinguishable from Giovanni Giovanni Ribisi in Gone in 60 Seconds. And see anything to not talk about the Avengers 1998. <laughs> oh, I, you know what speaking of, let me just hit play real quick. Coming oh, soon yeah. to theaters. Oh, son of a bitch. If there was ever an episode <laughs> that desperately needed the VHS trailer game, it's the <laughs> Avengers, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Now, I want to like just meant we should do like a little bit of an update recap. There oh, was, I was a, a there was a VHS trailer game on YouTube that maybe people did not see and then there was one on the Rambo live show. Yes, the, the, check out the one on YouTube. Uh, it's under the Green Room Live, but the Rambo live show is gone forever. Uh but Eric had a bit of a run there, and so did Andrew on both of those. So the scores are a bit more competitive here as we sort of round in. Uh, the last VHS trailer game will be sometime in the month of August, and that will be the end of the season. Currently, Chris is still in the lead with 64 big points. Oh, they're and big for him. They yes, are big. Only for uh, me. Okay. What, yeah, what they, about, don't, yeah. they don't fit well, Chris. You let's should hear, take them back. Let's, <laughs> hear, let's hear the small points for everyone else. Yes, the meager points. No, uh, Andrew is nipping at his heels with 59 points in yeah. striking distance. <laughs> Strike them. Uh, and Eric is in a very respectable third place with 41 points. Ooh, Pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is, these are good oh, things. You forgot and, something, Steve. Uh, what's, what's, what's your score currently? Uh, it's zero. It's, well, okay, I see. All right. It's looking pretty good for me. I guess I got the bronze. <laughs> yeah, well, no. No one's like, oh, you know, uh, 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 no one's asking Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, what how many rings he has. They're just like, dude, it's pretty cool that guy runs the NBA. So that's how that works. Oh, is it, that's how that works, I guess. Oh, okay. okay. And the guest- I like that you're you're Adam Silver and not uh, Roger Goodell I- of the NFL. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't want to be Roger Goodell. But, uh, excuse me, who is Adam Silver? <laughs> Adam Silver is the commissioner of the NBA. Oh, okay. I think, it, I think the NFL <laughs> the NFL makes more sense because like me taking a stand and being punished for it, uh, it's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Tell tell the truth. I will tell the truth eventually. Uh, Plus all the brain damage this fucking game gives people. So. That's oh, yeah. true. That's what I was going to say, dude. The fucking, to the fucking CTE I have for playing this thing. <laughs> I drink so much during these. I mean, that's Ooh, the speaking problem. Of which. That's the problem. Is like I'm getting too stupid. Mm. Okay, so uh, this was uh, on the Avengers 1998 VHS, although I'm going to have to do the thing where I give you guys the, year, guys the years because there wasn't any proper trailers but a very large uh 
Uh, check out these VHS tapes for the WB Centennial oh, Collection. Oh, one of them? Yes. Oh, oh, shit. You so, know who loves that is Chris. Uh, do I? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, what? it is. What are these? <laughs> the Centennial Collection. Your dad pirated it from uh, Columbia House. It, yes. yes. <laughs> well, it's, it was like a lot of just like uh, some of the greatest movies WB ever has ever made. And also for new great prices kind of a thing. Like. Ugh. Price Which is incredible because, like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but the, these kinds of commercials always happen. Universal did one for the Centennial, but so for Warner Brothers, it's like, you know, uh, you have the tape on for the Avengers nineteen ninety eight, but remember when we put out Casablanca? <laughs> exactly. Uh, these are all pretty much in the year and the decade of the nineties. Just okay. to give you a heads up. So this, uh, there's only three rounds this time around, um, and I will give you the year every time. Uh, this first one takes us back to the year of 1990. Ooh. 1990. Ooh. <clears throat> All right, everybody everybody got their buzzers. Give me your uh, bu- uh, buzzer, Andrew. Uh, Chris. And Eric. Okay. <clears throat> so here we go. Everybody's ready. Yeah. yeah. Woo. And just a, a roundup yet again, uh, 54321 is the order of points. And if you guess incorrectly within the round, you are out of the round until we go to the next trailer. Love Here we it. go. Uh, 1990. Game Master's Clue. <laughs> the second and final entry in a hunky action franchise that went out in a blaze of glory. 1990 action franchise. Hunky action franchise that went out in a blaze of glory. So there's a fire at the end of it? I, I'm just saying <laughs> it went out in a blaze of glory. Uh, that is, is is Chris the Honk? No, yeah, Chris, that's, that's me. The, okay, what do you got? Young Guns 2? It is Young Guns 2. Wow. Oh, and wow. the blaze of glory is, is the, the Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Oh, shit. I'm wow. going now. <laughs> So this is wow. actually the Bon Jovi game. I should know Bon <laughs> yeah. Jovi. You should. To get this. You should. Of course you should. <laughs> and Dude, I'm... what was it? Where the fuck did we just see that son of a bitch? There was something. Uh, oh man, I'm Dumpster? not gonna remember. No, <laughs> it, was it? Uh, maybe a New Year's Eve thing. I there was something we recently. Had a New Year's Eve party with Bon Jovi, dude. I, I wish, but actually not this. I, whatever the hell it was, it was like. And now let's go over to Bon Jovi, and oh. it's like it's Bon Jovi. I'm like the end of some pier in California, and it's like him, and it like he. I think had like maybe an acoustic guitar, might have just been singing, and then it was like a dude with a cello and like all these other non Bon Jovi related instruments. And I was like, what are we doing Bon Jovi? (laughs) And it sucked. Speaking of, uh, kind of sucks is young guns too. (laughs) Not good with the, uh, the elderly, uh, Emilio Estevez playing, uh, uh, Billy the Kid as an old man in the fifties, and, and Bradley what? Whitford comes to interview him as like what? a intrepid in, a reporter, being like, "I found out who Billy the Kid actually was." And it's, Holy I mean, he's shit. doing old man voice. Yeah, I wish Billy the Kid. That's terrible. Yeah, it's like Dustin Hoffman in Little Big Man. Absolutely, I think that was probably <laughs> the influence. Yeah, uh, maybe That's stay awful. tuned there. Uh, I've he, never seen. I've never seen either Young Guns, by the way. Is is the first Young Guns any damn good or not it's, so much? You know what? They're, Fun. They're, 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 it's, it's fine. It's not, you know, people in Gen X will tell you otherwise, but they're kind of not good. But mm. uh, the first one is probably worth a look just for that 
all-star cast. Mm. It's really incredible. A hunky all-star cast. Okay, so uh, everybody uh, got their buzzers out again. Round yep. two, 1998. Mm. And I feel like this one's going to go fast, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <clears throat> Ooh, an R-rated picture that single-handedly rescued the comic book genre from the dumps. I got Andrew Jubal with the boing. Uh, that would be Blade. Yeah, that yeah. is Blade, Chris Cabin's favorite movie. It that is was also indeed. that was almost going to be my clue, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been fucked up. But I will say, I, probably too easy of a clue. However, I just want everyone to always be saying that because let it be known, all of your comic book movies is it, it, you have to thank Mr. Wesley Snipes for them. I'm sorry, yep. you have to. Yeah. You yes. just have to legally. It's absolutely true, and I got to tell you, this news. And who knows, like, by the time it actually comes out. But the fact that this Mahershala blade is supposedly PG-13. Get you the can fuck out of here. No, thank you. Kiss my ass, wow. man. Thanks, but What no are we thanks. doing? Like, come on. That's just disrespectful. Yeah, why bother? not only is that, like, cutting down on the violence, but I'll tell you what. One of the great joys of Blade is just the profanity strewn everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, so dumb. It was going to be... Shit. It was going to be digital blood anyway, so I wasn't really going to like it. So, but like, at least there was some promise, some yeah. promise. Fuck and Mahershala, yeah. I mean, but I, they're they're doing that Deadpool that's supposed to be R, right? Maybe if that does well and it comes out before, they'll be like, oh, maybe we can do these R-rated mm-hmm. movies. I, you know, as always, wait for Blade Two for it to get good. <laughs> <laughs> wait, but didn't we already have two Deadpool movies? What are you talking about? Well, no, they're doing a third Deadpool movie under the Disney umbrella, or you know, now that Disney oh, run, owns everything. Yeah, and I, they've at least said uh, privately or publicly that it's good, that will be R-rated because I mean, how are you gonna not gonna have an R-rated Deadpool movie? You know, and I'm, how yeah. can he, I would ask the same thing for a fucking Blade movie about fucking vampires? Yep, yep. Deadpool's yep. gonna say fuck twice. <laughs> Dead, yeah, Deadpool, so he can be like, "Hey, I'm gonna be over here eating my uh, enchiladas or whatever the fuck. Lick my bean bag." <laughs> R rating. <laughs> oh wow, he what brilliance! He did it again. What uh, no? What is that? I'm gonna fucking, go, I'm gonna go on Redbubble and get the Deadpool lick my bean bag T-shirt. Oh, chimichangas. <laughs> chimichangas. You like uh-huh. what? what Redbubble? What is that now? Uh, it's like a uh, art site that's not even legal where you can get uh, T-shirts of uh, uh, of comic book characters doing stuff. Not doing yeah. stuff, but you know, like so. Uh, so, so you've heard. So I've heard. Yeah. Doing yeah. stuff like like Lois Griffin and <laughs> no 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 it's <laughs> I mean maybe if you get to the depths of it I, I you know what I love fucking yeah. cartoon pornography so much I'm gonna wear it at Disney World of course <laughs> can someone isolate that soundbite and mm-hmm, play it back please. everywhere you know what here's the here's a fun game you get a group of your friends together right everybody's vaxxed up ready to go back to amusement parks right you you get some of these fucking these these degenerate Disney T-shirts that Steve's trying to sell you here today. <laughs> yeah. um, Not trying to sell any like real. These real like yeah. hardcore, disgusting. You, you, you know what these, is dude? what is going on with Goofy's fingers? Right. Yeah. You get these T-shirts. All all your group of friends wears these T-shirts. Right. You go into the Disney World park. Then you time and see who can last the longest before getting ejected by security. <laughs> who can last the longest before ejaculate? That's what I thought you were going to No, definitely not. No, I just want to see before you get like caught by the Disneyland fuzz or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. Final round. Going to 1996 in the Centennial Collection. Game Master's Clue. 
an aerial actioner best remembered for a surprising death. Uh, that's a bonk. That's a, is that Eric? No, it's me. That's that's Chris. Executive decision. It is executive wow. decision. Oh, Congratulations, wow. Chris. My guess was going to be Mission Impossible, which is mm. not exact because when Emilio bites it in that movie, yeah. Yeah. it's always so shocking. That's you're, a surprise death for sure. You're not going to make it. You will. Yeah. Congrats, Chris. Ugh. I'm not going to make it, but you will. <laughs> <laughs> I will We're, say the Emilio death is the one like I felt that in my bones when that ha- yep. when he goes ip, up into the fucking yeah. whatever those things are on the elevator. <laughs> it yeah, is the, the most, up there. Yeah, it's it's a bad death for for poor old Emilio for a tiny little man like that. I never understood exactly why an elevator needed a bunch of spiky teeth, but well, mm, I think that that's you know uh, that that dirty fuck John Voight played it up that way. You know what I oh, mean? Oh wow! You know he's he's so crooked. He was like, and then put spiky teeth on the elevator, kind of a thing. Which is wild because everyone else on the team or whatever just gets murdered in that movie, like you know, shot yeah. and what blown up. Maybe like a car bomb. I think Kristen Scott Thomas right is blown up, but like she gets stabbed. Somebody gets oh, stabbed. She, okay, but like. The fact that it's like all of these like kind of regular degular takeout kind of murders and then fucking elevator assassin. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, it's it, because genre knows a, a showman. You know, he, he really wanted to show off for John Voigt, get him in for like the rest of this. Yeah, we're going to do this, boss. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, but that 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 is a good adaptation of a 60s television show. The Avengers, uh, Jeremiah Chechik's vision was never seen. We should mention, speaking of their, on the VHS trailer game, they're celebrating their centennial, but Warner Brothers, massive chop job on this movie. I think for the bad, for the best, honestly, because this movie's DOA. I mean, like, yes, is this, is this cut incoherent and would the, uh, you know, two hour cut, nearly two hour cut be better? Probably, but like. The, nobody gives a shit. It's pretty clear nobody gives a shit. The, and the two leads have zero chemistry. Yeah, so you're DOA. Nothing. DOA. It, the original cut was like an hour and 55 minutes. You wouldn't chop that unless you knew it was terrible. <laughs> hour 55 is not insane. It's not. A, well, but here's the thing, right? It's like terrible, <clears throat> but like you can follow it all <laughs> yeah i would always prefer over this kind of terrible which is like you've excised so much from this film already it doesn't make sense when you watch it i, I agree with that i even as bad as it is if i could like get really if i could connect the dots that's better than this i'm like falling <laughs> yeah. and there's no branches to grab on <laughs> i mean we were but we were still in that mindset of like if it's shorter it's better like yes, and I pref- I prefer that mindset to now when it's like, well, we gotta we gotta make it worth the money, so it has to be you know seventeen years long. Yeah. That's Jeez. how each movie has and to be exactly me, seventeen also, years. To clarify, like when we say that, we mean like you know these shitty movies or action whatever movies. It's like they can be short, but there's yeah. also great long movies, and we're not against long movies. I'm gonna start this off because we keep on dancing around actually talking about this movie. Go and- for it, buddy. The opening, okay. We were you gonna not talk about quite, this, the opening font? Oh, the opening, okay. It, it's everything really, because they can't <laughs> decide on a theme. Like yep. it's seventeen different ideas of what the background thing should be, none of which really funnels into what the movie is about. Like, a, 
There's like this goofy fucking score in the background because they replaced the oh. actual good score. Are you talking about yep. the opening titles? Yes. They are fu- it's fucking great. <laughs> it's probably one of the best parts of the movie because I could see like, you know, Sean Connery, maybe he'll be into it. Like, oh, this is kind of trippy. Look at this. There's <laughs> little shatterns going around and some drops of water. I wow, wonder. I'm totally tripping balls right now. <laughs> oh, my God. This map is going all squiggly wiggly, and we haven't even gotten through the titles. <laughs> I mean, it almost looks like like a parody of the X-Men intro thing. Yes. But, like, we're still uh, years away uh, from that, right? Yeah, yeah X-Men's yeah, 2000. 2000. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, oh, it, shit. They it's, stole well, it from this and did it Influential film. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it's a lot of, like, <laughs> oh, tornadoes and stuff. But it's, like, it's this you know pacific sunwear-esque font like this movie doesn't deserve it you know what i mean like it's this movie is not gnarly in any way shape or form no it's not gnarly it's not radical it's not tubular (laughs) no one ever says cowabunga Mm -hmm. like i don't get how these opening credits are like it's basically also the same font as you wouldn't steal a fucking police car would you (laughs) like whatever that ad is you know what i mean like it's that shit and then you just get to this like dry as hell not funny not actiony movie at all yep. there's nothing cool about this it's incredible well that's, your, two, that's a- your two leads are like you know their characters i guess are like part of the british aristocracy and they are just toast they are just like white bread toast walking around this fucking movie <laughs> with I mean, no the- emotion <laughs> no humor and nothing well, After that gnarly intro? <laughs> <laughs> I expected s- to see Ray Fiennes on a fucking skateboard. Yes. Come on. You see Nate Ray Fiennes, he gets into this like training mission thing where he's like super excellent at it. And he's just like, he's not breaking a sweat. And like n- neither of them break a sweat the entire movie, which is very like not Bond for me. Like I know n- not everything needs to be Bond, but like what's exciting about like James Bond and those Mission Impossible movies. You're like, oh, fuck, is this guy going to make it? And you know well, he yeah. is, but like when they're like, hmm, quite wrong. Because well, you know? that's 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 the joke of this, Steve, yes. right? It's like, yeah. look at how swiftly Ray Fiennes is like dispatching all of these people, you know? And it's like also supposed to be funny because it's like the milkman like breaking the two bottles and coming after him and all that shit. And it's like terribly unfunny mm-hmm. well, yeah. so you're just kind of it is real know, like looking at your watch the, shit the whole joke is oh you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that would you oh <laughs> oh you wouldn't expect a garage worker to come at you with a knife would you this no. is like it's the kingsman that franchise yes. that's yes. what this is basically yeah and with like the it, it more doesn't... anal jokes and like it, oh god <laughs> i wish Oh God! If this was just anal jokes, that would actually make yeah. this pepper pepper oh, this like, up a bit, a but little minus. harder, like '90s <laughs> anal jokes, like the yes. ones your mama don't want to hear. <laughs> mm, quite, Miss Miss Mrs. Peel, your your rear end is looking quite fetching. Mm, quite. Mm, oh yes, look at that go. <laughs> I'd like to peel that back. Oh, did you remember to put your plug in today, Mrs. <laughs> Faversham? Oh, <my> <laughs> <laughs> Better be the heart-shaped, bejeweled one. His name is Steed, but it should be spread. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Can I say this? This whole movie, they're calling him Steed. 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 Mm-hmm. And I could have thought the whole time they were saying Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> John Steve. <laughs> 
an action. That's an American action here is John yeah. Steve. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. That guy fucks, he fights, and then he fucks again. John Steve. And he's got a shitty credit score. Is <laughs> definitely twice divorced. Mm-hmm. And then he passes some nuns, and you wouldn't expect them to fight them, would you? Oh, really, Mr. Steve? Low 400s credit score. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Jesus. It's a pretty bad credit. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I expect you to be denied, Mr. Steve. Oh, Mr. Steve, look at that. You won't be getting that loan after all. Because he's an American special agent, right? So, like, the company makes him, like, put it all on his own credit card. We'll reimburse (laughs) you later, Mr. Steve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, he's in his uh, early, late 30s. So he's, uh, he had to go to like uh, spy college and that fucking bankrupted him. You know oh, what I mean? Dude, yeah. the loans at spy college, forget <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. And then we're also uh, introduced here to Jim Broadbent as mother. Uh, this this is the one thing I will say about this movie, and he's not good at it, but it just it it can solidifies the theory that I've been working on that, that Jim Broadbent is always like two degrees better than whatever movie he's in, and it's not yep. if it's if it's a really shitty movie, he's pretty not good in it, but he's just a little bit better than it. If it's a great movie like Topsy Turvy, he's like he's really great in it, but he's even better than the movie a little bit. He's always the, a little better than the movie. Yeah, that's absolutely true, dude. Because I'll tell you right now, you can look at previous episode Doolittle. Hmm. And he's in that movie as like the he's like the pseudo bad guy so and so. That movie's rotten vomit, but like he's just like his vomit smell is just a little bit fresher. If he, if J- Jim Broadbent was in a snuff film, you're like he was pretty. He was pretty okay. He was pretty <laughs> yeah. good at that. I, I, I love the way he laid that death blow. <laughs> I really believe he killed that girl. Look, look, just look at that. That you, you can't teach that kind of work with the whip. You just can't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, machine, indeed. (laughs) Dude, Jim Broadbent snuff film? Sign me. I'll watch it. Oh, yeah, totally. I'll sign up. Oh, bother. I've killed her. I'll sign up for (laughs) Snuff Plus. Bring in the white (laughs) barrels, if you will. (laughs) Thank God we have a drain on the floor. Well, we found this boy who's a vagrant. I better cut his throat. Oh, there he goes. Out it goes. Oh, Out it goes. Squ- he's a squatter. Oh, see, we could make like a British saw or something. Oh, him, yes. Jim Broadbent. Oh, would you like to play a game? <laughs> I'd rather love a gay, real rousing game right now. <laughs> what say you, young lass? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Call like broad game instead of like board game. Oh yes. <laughs> would you like to play a broad game? <laughs> then you definitely would know that your attacker is actor Jim Broadbent. <laughs> Oopsie doodle. <laughs> well, you'll be murdered anyway. Oh, yes. We have a scalpel. We have a saw. Would you? We have an electric saw. Which would you like? Uh, so he's kind of like this. Uh, he's sort of like the M, if we're just going to keep using other British spy, oh, yeah, spy sure. properties here. He's kind of like an M sort of guy, uh, a little more uh, eccentric, if you will. And he is—he gives a ring to the old prime minister to let him know that the some sort of weather shield that was around all of the UK is like failing or something yeah. like that. Jim Broadbent is if M was a shut-in. 
Yes. Like he's got this old so. man sweater. Like he didn't get dressed up for work. This is the same thing he's wore every day <laughs> for 25 years. Yeah. And I don't think he's washed it. They just found him in it. And you don't know a lot know, of soup stains. And he's in a wheelchair, but you're not aware of it until like sort of the end of the movie when that becomes really apparent. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, oh you know what I mean? Like yeah. that would be yeah. some he's like a chain smoking. Like yeah. there's a character here, but it's just not here. I, I just thought he was lazy for the yes, first time. No, like, <laughs> I really did. Yeah. Like that's just like Michael right. Caine being in a movie now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting up. Don't you dare ask me. I mean, but it totally checks, though. I wouldn't stand for this movie either. Apparently, uh, Michael Caine was in the running. In the running, they say. Apparently, I guess he lost the part of Sir August de Winter to Sean Connery. Oh, well, uh, he made good with Kingsman. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what, what's the name of the character? <laughs> uh, mother. Uh, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, I was going to be the villain in the Avengers movie, which would be... Uh, $900,000, which will just get me the, the vacation home I want down in Greece. So, oh, God damn it. Got to Connery. He gets a vacation home. God damn it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't stand for this movie either, Andrew. And I, the audience didn't sit for it. <laughs> it's, that is also true. I mean, it, 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 it probably didn't make even. I don't know how much it, they spent on this piece of shit, but like $60 million. Dollars, sixty million, H. and it did globally fifty-five million dollars. So you know they took a bath. Them, yeah. them fuckers in the UK may like that television show, but they didn't come out <laughs> for this movie well, either. Apparently, people in the UK were 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 uh, try. Was, no, I'm, I'm trying to think of UK expressions, but I don't have any. They were very upset with the film because it gets Britishisms incorrect. There's one moment where we see Steed, Ray Fiennes' car, and it shoots out tea. And apparently it comes with the milk already mixed in, which is a no-no. Ooh, shit, <laughs> No, dude. no. That's like, uh, you know, it's, no, like giving no. you, it's like giving you a beer in the U.S. There's too much head on top. I just yeah. feel like the, the amount of tea that these people are consuming and are talking about it's like the writer just got like, all right, what are British people? He had like a little whiteboard. Like, all right, definitely they love their tea. So every five minutes it's like, do you want tea? I'd like some tea. How about more tea? It's not even that they like, okay, fine. They sit down for tea. It's a joke line. All, yes. The, all yeah. the, the pants to tea are all supposed to be laugh lines. Um, We also meet, of course, Uma Thurman is... uh. Dr. Emma Peel, and she, we're told, is the chief of this Weather Shield program that is known as, get ready for it, Prospero. Mm. You like that shit? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this Alex Jones here. We've got uh, new information that Prospero Company is uh, funding a new type of harp, but it's in the UK, so it makes it rain tea. <laughs> <laughs> Catch him in bed with a steed. <laughs> Look at those Earl Grey clouds and the chemtrails going through them. <laughs> and, and you know it's the NWO, folks, because they have milk in the tea. That's right. They got milk <laughs> in the tea that's running down on them. That's right, that's right folks. And they're putting fluoride in that milk, and you know it. Oh, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Paul Jones watching uh, a resident of the UK. What do you think? I haven't been outside of my house in months. I imagine the tea tastes bad. It looks bad outside. Oh, there's a little girl playing with a balloon. Yeah, and her mother, uh, her mother's coming to get her. It looks bad, honestly. They're, eat, they're eating garbage there, aren't they? 
<laughs> eating it in the streets with their tea. That's They're how, having that's how tea bad. and garbage. <laughs> that's how bad London has gotten with the multiculturalism. <laughs> so she gets word uh, that Ray Fines wants to see her at this like social club. And it's this big, like, all these old motherfuckers clutching their pearls because there's a woman in the room. Yes, and it lets you know that she doesn't take any shit because she's like, yeah, that's right, Mr. Mister. It's the late 90s, and I've got girl power. But that's all I'll say. I'll just say girl power, and that's it. But not only am I a girl, but I'm an American. Uh-oh. Right? Uma's American, right? Uma is American, but the character's not. Yeah, I know that, but uh, funny, huh? Finally, we got someone crossing the pond to do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I I imagine they had to take away the music cue to these boots were made for walking. Mm-hmm. You imagine? Oh, dude, I was gonna suggest it was the Spice Girls of some uh, kind. That also could have worked, yeah. But but also, like, you don't really know what t- like this is just like like fantasy time, right? You don't know what time exactly it's supposed to be. Right, I mean, because we've got well, no, because they're they're totally pulling like a Batman the animated series thing. Because we got computer technology yeah. all over the place. All the cars are fucking way old, though. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just I didn't even think about it. I just thought it was the late '90s and we were getting retro with it. But yeah. I, I think you might be right that it's like sort of who knows what era this is supposed to be. It's supposed to just look cool. That's like the whole idea. It's just like, <laughs> does, doesn't it look hip, everybody? <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't you want to watch this absolute fucking nonsense you for know, fucking two hours? I am or- tired of things looking hip. It's time for things to start <laughs> looking thigh. You know? God damn it's it. a little closer to the crotch. Jesus. Is it? I guess so. The yeah. pelvis? Uh, anyway. Probably equidistant, I'd say. It's good that uh, there's nothing to talk about with this movie, and it's trash. Can, so hey, I'll I, tell you what's pretty great though. Ray finds nude in this sauna. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing Ooh. is they're both really, you know, probably at the height of their sexual uh, powers, look look wise, and they've got no chemistry, and it's a huge problem. You know, mm. like he's jacked out of his mind, just totally naked. She's like, oh, quite, and it's just there's nothing between how, them. How is that? How is that even possible? Agreed. You know, I think it's because they're really going for this super dry comedy tone that just doesn't work. Right. And that's here, too, because she has to be like, oh, yes, a dick. Great. You know what I mean? (laughs) And like and that's it. Meanwhile, like the movie is also trying to engineer this like uh, romantic relationship between the two characters, which the show famously did not have. So that was another thing that fans of the show got pissed off about is that like the the television show like danced around that uh much like the the actual all or nothing days of (laughs) x-files right um before they just had them start fucking like rabbits um but so in this it's like they they are using this like really flat kind of comedy style that's not working at all it's not it's barely reading and then also like trying to make these two like fall in love and it is just it is a wrong the, turn at every turn. The love thing is insane. But, like, I was making a joke like, that, that most of the humor is like, oh, you did expect that to happen. But the other thing is rhyming. Yes. You're supposed to get a lot of jokes or a lot of big laughs out of, like, lines like, I like pickles with brine, but the cucumber is fine. And, like, <laughs> that is supposed to be your big fucking guffaw. 
That's how. Wait, I, that's a line in that movie. No, I'm, I'm making that up. That's oh, but oh. like just like a line like that, like a, a stupid like. Uh, I like honey, just like bunnies, like shit, like <laughs> that, that. That's how they used to talk back in the day, you know. But like, you're supposed to contrast it against something of modern age, aren't? Like, isn't that the interesting thing with those Starsky and Hutch, well, boot, I mean, like yeah, shit? Well, that's the thing. Too. Yeah, none of the the humor is modern or pithy or or clever or like you know because right. like, the best of these movies, aside from Mission Impossible, which almost transcends it is charlie's angels right where it was like oh. so modern it's almost not watchable by today's mm-hmm. standards yes. but at the same time like it was a hit for a reason like you know what i mean it, it hit the zeitgeist it was clever and funny in a 90s way yes and there's similar moments from this movie to that movie um eddie izzard is silent as this ki- this uh would-be killer and oh, so right, is Crispin and Glover. Glover. Yeah. oh yeah. interesting yeah yeah i you know is this i'm trying to think now because like mod squad is present day i think steve the like it's uh well no because then you're you're right the the starsky and hutch that was that was present day but they weren't for some reason right oh, i don't remember i never saw oh. yeah, I, I really well, cause, like, well remember. that was the brady bunch movie was like they were all oddly stuck in the 70s but it was the 90s well yes. mcgruber did it well he was kind of stuck in the past that's true with like his tape deck and you know everything <laughs> yeah. else just more a man like stuck in his ways. I mean, that Brady Bunch movie is very weird because they like haven't like aged out of the seventies and still like kind of act like it is the seventies. Well, and and like, that's a clever I guess that's, idea. that's the joke, right? Yeah. It's at least like doing something with yeah. it. And then all of these other adaptations, you know, like Mission Impossible included in this, like it just brings the core idea of the story into present day. Let's not forget Austin Powers a year prior to this, a little over a year prior to this, and I feel like <sighs> that is kind of maybe inform like that's why we're doing a british spy oh that could be comedy. Yeah. but i also think it takes the air out of the balloon because that does it so well because yeah. it's like really funny you know what i mean like yeah. what this movie is not it's like really really funny and like there's it has a real point of view about the this idea so what is the deal here there is a there's security camera footage that jim broadbent shows them of supposedly uh uh dr peel sabotaging her own weather device and so now uh famed comedy duo steed and peel have to uh <laughs> like work together to clear her name and figure out like wh- who was actually trying to sabotage this uh prospero which project. is weird because like you know and then like uh mother sh- uh, father shows up who is uh the great fiona shaw um who, yeah. who basically is like oh shouldn't we arrest her now it's like no we'll have her either lead us to the bad guy or she'll clean her, clear her name. That's that. Like, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Aren't you glad I, too, am in this movie? <laughs> Fiona Shaw. Yeah, why is she wearing the sunglasses you wear, like, when you go into, like, get a fake tan? Because apparently she's blind, which I, you wouldn't what? know. Yes, she's blind. What? That's a, yeah, she's blind. I, I didn't get that at all. Oh, really? Not at all. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I she's picked, blind. I didn't pick up on that either. Uh, did, oh, so you got you just thought she was wearing cool sunglasses? Yeah. <laughs> sunglasses. It's just like okay, she looks like it like looked like Edward Norton at the end of Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, she's she's kind of dressed like Blofeld in this or something. It's it's a weird look. Yeah, yeah, she's got like a kind of a weird hairdo. Also, yeah. like she just came from getting electrocuted for some reason. <laughs> Reminded me of the principal in Rock and Roll High School Forever. Mm, if anyone yes. knows the Corey Haim, uh, Corey Feldman movie, pardon my French. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who is the principal in that movie? I don't really remember. Oh, it's um, it's uh, Mar- Mary. Oh, you're talking. Oh, the Mary Warrenoff yeah. character. I couldn't remember if she was the principal or not. I, but yeah, yeah, I okay. think so. Right. Um. So then, like, and this is like exactly uh this this next part here really exemplifies why it's like this Warner Brothers chop job makes this movie like nigh unwatchable because they just go from being like all right this is what you have to do is figure out who's behind sabotaging the weather project and framing you i guess uma thurman and then it just cuts to i don't know ray finds office and they're sword fighting while having a conversation they're at a tailor it's a tailor's shop or something like that but i think it's supposed to be i I mean again it's totally uh stolen by the this fucking kingsman shit but like it it, i took this to be like their sort of like a q headquarters in a way okay that yeah i mean that might that would work that would certainly there's all his like there's like that rack of umbrellas and i mean also there's sword fighting in the place and the tailor is not blinking an eye which leads me to believe that this happens all the time but like this is exactly my point is like we have no answers to any of this yeah. because there's so much just stripped out of this movie. You can't follow it, which I do get. And I do agree. But I think that the problem is like where, where I'm OK, almost OK with it, just because like the set, if, if those scenes were either funny or exciting, they would have been in the movie. You know what I mean? I think that that's what they were trying to sift through. And this is the most funny, quote, and exciting version of this movie. And yes, it. Uh, coherence uh, paid the price. I mean, I just like, but things though that like, it it doesn't have to be uh, funny or exciting. I just need a scene of them either on a sidewalk or in a car or something that's like, we have to go to this place and we'll get you outfitted with whatever. Like, there's so much of this movie making a big deal about like, Ray Fiennes getting her this like customized pair of boots and the whole time you're like, oh, well, is there like, guns in them or something is it like a gadget boot set what are we talking about and it's just nothing it's just a black pair of boots and it doesn't matter like you know what i mean like yeah there's just all of this shit that just doesn't make sense but if you just had like that scene of like yes we're gonna go to this tailor shop and when you get in it's not like your average tailor <laughs> shop you know yeah, like it would something it would help the narrative the only times they they leave that shit in is when they're trying for comedy where it's like and the car is spitting tea how cheeky let's have some teacups <laughs> like you literally you could just put a static shot in between these shots and just have ray fines be like Oh, bother. We have to go to the <laughs> Hiffington and Sons to get you a new pair of guns. I would like love it. Anything like that. Yeah. You remember those old shows you'd watch? It was almost like Bob Vila, but it was really like it was a guy like drawing and telling you a pic- a story about the drawing he was making. And like, it was that, but he would be, that's how exposition worked in this movie. Is like, what are you talking about? Bob Ross? No, yeah, no, no, yeah Bob Ross, I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Great second show. Sh- Second shot of the vaccine. Really, really, I'm on top of my game today. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's why we should mention, Steve. You you had your second shot today. I did this morning, yeah. and it's 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 really. I, I just I feel like I'm turning into a werewolf slowly. Maybe I am. Okay. Spread it on. <laughs> I just I'm just gonna eat raw meat, like yeah. you know, like just that thing. And I'm and sick. you love it. Let's let's encourage people to get vaccinated. So we oh, can absolutely. Go on tour. Yes. Has, no. ha, has Jen chained up the the door? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so just, not, just not, in case. Okay, she put out the nightly fish heads in the bucket. <laughs> no, everybody should get vaccinated. I feel great. I feel. I, it's a small price to pay to get uh, fucking to go to a goddamn movie again and see maybe the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, 
That would be in a repertory screening, dude. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. That would be amazing if that's like the one thing that Warner Brothers would let out of the vault for like a big screening when everybody comes back. <laughs> like you go see the ninety eight Avengers. Avengers. Go see it. Well, <laughs> you, are, you know what, you, Sean Connery, you just lost the man. Here you yeah. go. No, can I tell you right now when uh, Sean went bye bye. Warner Brothers, famous for doing this. They will do it for actors, directors. They have no shame. They'll do it down to, like, if a costume designer passes away, I will get an email that's, like, remembering Sean Connery and then all the movies from Warner Brothers that Sean Connery is in. And you bet your sweet ass there was an email that was, like, remembering Sean Connery, the Avengers on that list, Uh, no doubt about it. No way. Because I remember thinking, like, why would you advertise was, that he's in this movie? Was Zardoz on that list? <laughs> I would go, if, if someone in New York City or anywhere screens fucking Zardoz, I'm showing up. <laughs> no, Zardoz wasn't on. I don't believe Zardoz was a Warner Brothers movie. Oh, fair enough. Well, he's, yeah. I mean, we could talk about our, our, our good friend, Sir Sean Connery. Sure. He's, uh, August DeWinter is his character's name, right? Yes. He's kind of game for this movie, but this movie has no idea what to do with him. Yes. And, like... Which is kind of not a travesty, but, like, he's as, you know, Sean Connery as he's willing to be, but, like, it's just, there's nothing yeah. for him to do. It's kind of shocking. Well, it's just the idea of, like, we're going to cast Bond as the Bond villain. Isn't that yep. funny? And it's like, can that carry the movie? Dude, you're <laughs> totally right. You are totally right, Eric. And that is where the thought line stopped, was, like, what if James Bond played a bond villain and then all of a sudden like somebody a producer like blacked out and when they woke up they were six weeks into shooting this movie by the way (laughs) i love how dumb this character is his entire family were fanatical meteorologists so they're all (laughs) named after months like all of his siblings that we never see and only get we only hear of briefly like like his, his sisters april may and june we hear and he's august supposedly there's a july guy running around Oh, you got to watch that July guy, dude. He's handsy. <laughs> do you think, I mean, like, where they're like, uh, oh, Sir, Sir Sean, do you, would you be interested if we got Roger Moore to play John? Fuck you. Don't even finish that fucking sentence. <laughs> I am not breaking bread with Roger fucking Moore. <laughs> I'm August de Winter, and he ain't playing July guy. <laughs> 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 and as for that Pierce Brosnan, it's more like Pierce Brosno. <laughs> July Chop. <laughs> July Chop. Um, but, I mean, it's crazy, though, because, yeah, you got Sean Connery for this movie. He is clearly game. And I'm sorry, you had like 40 years of movie history to look back on to figure out how you utilize Sean Connery in a movie. <laughs> It's unacceptable in 1998. Well, I mean, give him some, give him some credit. So that we meet the man when he's like, uh, he's in his big garden, and what you would want from your scene, from your big, first big scene, from your big first villain, is somebody talking about hibiscus and like <laughs> yeah. different kinds of plants. Not giving you any sense of like what my my view of the world is or anything. Oh no, Grangers are the best. They have good nitrons. Oh, have you have you ever had have you ever kissed a hibiscus? How could a man with a garden be evil? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, though, that is not the it's not the first introduction to him. The first you see of Connery in this movie, the big laugh out line line oh, for me. Fuck. 
or moment rather, he's playing yes. that organ. He's yeah. playing an organ in a tweed suit, and then like someone help me out here with what this means in this. You know, I, I know exactly of, what you're gonna ask, and I know yeah. the we answer. We tilt, we tilt up, and there's just a portrait of Uma Thurman. I have no idea. Okay, I, I, I have. I kept waiting for that to happen. Like later on, you find out this evil uh, Emma Peel is a clone, which is very unexplained. But that's at least explains where she comes from. But like. Is he obsessed with her? Did she look like his dead wife? Something, I something. Think he probably yeah. helped get her cloned, right? Like, so that, because the clone is helping him. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, the shit the clone does eventually helps his weather program. Which is also the program that she was working on, and he, like, hijacks it. It's pretty weird. It's I guess she went to work one day and, like, had a sip of tea from a, from a cup, as one does. Puts it down. Sean Connery slips in, gets that <laughs> cup, and then clones her. Oh, thank you for the, thanks for the DNA shampoo. <laughs> Even that would this be better. This is the first time I'm taking a DNA shampoo <laughs> instead of having to give one. <laughs> Oh, no, I actually haven't seen your brush with all the hairs in it. I, I don't know where it went. It just was right here, but I, I haven't seen it. Right. So the actual, the real Emma Peel infiltrates his like biodome or whatever. And what's yeah, she, funny she is she knocks like, out Polly Short, Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> no. <laughs> but he's wearing that suit, that like plaid tweed suit or whatever it was. And then suddenly yeah. he's wearing something different. Uh, you know, I feel like that there's something else on the cutting room floor. But then his introduction with this character, I mean, it's, I guess they've, I guess he's cloned her before, but he grabs her neck, like he grabs her yes. throat. <laughs> Strangling her. And we go from a strangulation and then two, two seconds later, he's kissing her hand. And I'm like, this is just how Sean Connery greets women. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's insane. And then he's got... There oh, is, I'm, sh- I'm sorry, Mr. Thurman. I, I guess you never heard of improv. Apologies. <laughs> I was taking it for a walk. <laughs> Um, what was I gonna say? Oh no, there is a funny line here though, where he's showing her that one flower, and he's like, "Oh yes, look at this, look at this sexy flower I made." <laughs> yeah, look at it, and he like moves around some like big like convex like magnifying glass thing so she can see the actual flower, and he's like, "Why don't you touch it?" And she's like, "Eh." Yeah. He goes, "Touch it, Doctor Peel." <laughs> yes, don't you know that the entire ratio of protons to ions, the entire micro machine theory, I invented it. <laughs> Little cars, that was my idea. Also, I didn't take it out for air. <laughs> And she's like, oh, and again, like the idea is it's supposed to be the part of this spy movie where she's trying to like come on to him and pretend that she's not whatever. It's like, by the way, that fucking dupe you're with is going in my weather maze now or something. And it's like, <laughs> no, you didn't touch the flower. The least you could do is take off your shoes and show me your feet. Okay? <laughs> and, and, and remind you, there is something quite ill-defined going on outside. <laughs> It is, and I mean, like, what? And this is when uh, Ray Fiennes is walking around and, like, the weather starts to attack him. And, like, again, because it's this movie, he's just like, hmm, quiet. And it's just, is is it worried about it? Or, like, why is it snowing all of a sudden? Not phased at all. Like, I feel like the direction for every actor in this movie was, like, no matter what happens... You have to remain nonplussed throughout the entire situation. 
because that's what this is. It's like he there's like a phone booth that's ringing. He goes to pick it up because it starts raining. You can't even hear anybody on the other end. I don't even know what that's supposed to be. It starts snowing and then like snows so fast that there's accumulation enough that a dog sled can run into this scene. And again, he doesn't flinch once. And then it's fucking Uma Thurman who shoots him. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. This guy doesn't blink. And the and the joke is like, oh, I was wearing my bulletproof three piece suit. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Well, uh, this is what this is where the transition, like the problem of not knowing where we're going between the scenes, really hit me because he he gets shot by the clone Uma Thurman, yeah. and yes. then we cut to him in bed with the real Uma Thurman, but you would have just thought it was the clone one. Well, that's the thing is they're not. You don't know. If like I guess they were trying to play up like is she a double agent yeah. of some kind? But then, right. but then like uh, literally they do this whole scene where it becomes very apparent that she's not the clone. Like she know she knows like who he is and is talking with him. And then they cut to mother and father in a bus where another Ray finds who you think is another clone. It's <laughs> yes. just sitting there and talking to them. And like that, there's that there's no explanation. No, it's not. But it feels it's... like it because it just switches from him being yeah. in a robe with Uma Thurman <laughs> to in a full suit with mother and father. It's so <laughs> fucking confusing. It's jarring and it's weird. And and also like why is he like she's Doctor Peel, right? Like she's <laughs> that's her title. But he constantly calls her Mrs. Peel throughout this entire movie. Yes. Well, well there's that... so there's a dumb line about that, right? Where he's like. You know, oh, do we really have to keep up these formalities and I have to keep calling you Dr. Peel? And she's like, no, that's totally fine. You could call me Mrs. Peel. Well, oh, I think like the, the first name is the mystery or something, even though yeah, we know it's so. Emma by the end of the yeah. movie. Yeah. I, I think the idea there was basically you got your um, it's a a thing wherein like she I, I control F on the Wikipedia page for Emma Peel and she's not a doctor. So I think this movie like upgraded her to being a doctor to like sort of mm. give her more agency. But then they were like, but then that's not what the character is known as. So we have to do it kind of both ways kind of a thing. Oh, well, that's what this is so weird about this. Because right? yes. this movie, I, I guess, in a way is like <laughs> there was no film franchise, but this is like. I guess how they decided to pro- approach her origin story because like she's not a spy in this movie. It yes. starts and she's like this weather scientist. Exactly. Who then like can also fight like a spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, y- you know, I'm not saying I need training sequences here, but like she's literally introduced as a scientist and she's doing like martial arts fighting moves all of a sudden. And I don't like the the movie is just like well, and now she's a spy. Yeah, it's as if in Inside the first Ghostbusters movie, Dana Barrett went from cellist to art restorationist <laughs> in the one film. Like that's how jarring this. It just makes no sense. I mean, it, you, you might as well have just had like the Matrix scene where she just blinks her eyes and is like, <laughs> "I know kung fu," or "I know any kind of fighting, like literally any martial right. art." Yeah, she's just like, "I guess I'm a spy now." I, I guess. All right. Um. Do you, we've talked yeah. we danced around it like you know obviously Connery famously passed on Morpheus worst movie right if he's in it yeah it's, oh, it's, it's definitely just, you, if if anything he should play the architect I know yeah, that was yes. also an old white man with a beard but <laughs> it would add yeah. a little gravitas because like no, he's not Morpheus like Morpheus is cool and Connery's not cool I'm wearing fucking rimless sunglasses great <laughs> well I mean I think the other thing to consider is like the matrix 
very much functions as a uh um what is the word I'm looking for here? Like the whole cast is the movie, right? It's yes. ensemble. There yeah. we go. Yeah, Holy sure. shit. I got my second vaccine weeks ago. <laughs> I got no excuse. Well, actually, this fucking beer I'm drinking is anyway. So uh 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 oh man, what was I saying? Oh yeah, ensemble. I feel like if Sean Connery's in that movie, it's a weird distraction in the sense of like yeah. then you'd just be looking at Sean Connery the whole time. Like, For sure. And it, that's not a knock against Larry Fishburne. He's fucking great in that movie, in you know, in all those movies. But like, it just everybody kind of works more as a unit, and it's not no one bit of casting is like a distraction at oh, that point. So it is, it is better. Could someone turn down that blasted techno music? <laughs> oh, watch this, Neil! I'm jumping from one greyhound bus to another. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now one more time now, and then I promise I'll stop asking. But again, you're pronouncing it how? <laughs> Ke- Keanu? Keanu. There it is. I, I got it. Uh, the band's called Prodigy, is it? Well, a Prodigy didn't make it. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the, the, the good thing about Lawrence Fishburne is Lawrence Fishburne is still lithe. Like yes. he can still do yeah. a fight and I believe it. Like, can you imagine the blocking that would have to happen? Or like yeah. just like the kind of cuts you would have to do to yeah. fucking well, make it like... look like Sean Connery could fight anyone. No, well, no but the, that's what I'm the, saying. Dude. The Matrix a... gun is what I use. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly right. It would be a completely different movie because of course he wouldn't be doing fight scenes. Well, Absolutely not. I feel like the Wachowskis get you know part of the script is like, oh, you know, Sir, Sir Sean Connery, please, we're huge fans. Here's here's this great script, here's some background on your character. And here's a, a cool. Uh, this is how the wire work. The what? Well, you're gonna get this wire rig. You see, and like a wire bra, like on a lady. You're saying, <laughs> okay. So I hook the bra. Continue. This is this movie sounding exciting. Sha- this is getting good. So the 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 boy there, neon. Uh, he <laughs> he has mind powers. I should have mind powers too, so that I can sit down for the whole film. Yes, at the end of the movie, Neo goes, oh no, you're the one, Morpheus. And then the next movie is Morpheus's Revenge. If he... I'm so excited to be making Morpheus's Revenge. If he bends one spoon, I should bend two, right? I'm better than you. I mean, it's kind of funny because if you think about what the Morpheus character is to Neo... Right, and think about last week's episode. It's kind of yeah. like him doing a Ramirez all over yeah. again, right? Like, Absolutely. here's how you be a Highlander, and here's how you be a, a Matrix person. <laughs> here's how you be an, adve- an Avenger. Okay, uh, Black Widow, shit down. I'll talk to you. <laughs> Now, just let me listen. I know it doesn't sound right, but I can tell you Morpheus would be more imposing if he was in bed the whole time. <laughs> if he was asleep the whole time, he'd be more imposing. He would he would really float over the whole series. Check this out. I got it all figured out for your plot, okay? He's got a computer virus. You understand? He's oh, sick with the, the computer virus. So the the computer new- virus got to his willy. <laughs> so, so then, uh, now that I've fixed your movie for you, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, give me the money for the rig and give me the money, <laughs> a little bit of a screenplay credit. And also, a little walking around money, please. <laughs> could, you, could you get Kino over there to feed me some chicken soup, maybe? Kino. <laughs> Oh, man. Can I ask you guys a quick question? No. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Please. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> no, seriously though, because it, it's I've been racking my brain since watching this movie this afternoon. Uh. Why are these guys all dressed up like furries in this meeting? Uh, there, <laughs> there's a line of like Connery saying, like, like, of course I know who you are, but you can't know who each other are, so you have to dress up as fucking bears. I mean, the anonymity part I totally get, and yeah. I think it's pretty smart. It's kind of funny because this is very much like a mirror-ish scene to Goldfinger. Yes. Um, in in a in a way. Mm-hmm. But so I totally get that, but like why the furries? Why can't we just put a fucking mask over these people's faces? Well, I mean, I think the idea that, that, that A, that's supposed to be fun, and B, oh, I think... Oh! Yes. I don't know. Wasn't there sort of a teddy bear craze or in the late 90s that amazed... Beanie amaz- Babies? Those, those ama- Beanie Babies? Those Amazing Ooh. Fruit commercials? Remember those? Nope. <laughs> the fruit? What? Amazing fruit? fruit? Amazing Fruit was just like no. gummy bears, but it was like kind of cooler for some reason. No. And there were they bear call characters? Up, they call amazing fruit. Da, 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 da. I think Come this on, was anybody? a local New York City commercial. They didn't it was got, illegal to sell that upstate. First of all, local <laughs> local New York gummy bears, ew. <laughs> hey, we got fucking Bronx gummy bears over here. We got all the yeah. flavors. Yankee this flavor. This would taste like the five trains floor. <laughs> your, your favorite flavors, glass, filth. <laughs> Subway, uh, you, you got a chicken color parmesan uh, gummy bears here. <laughs> Taxi cab fucking wheel. I don't know. Oh, here's my favorite fucking New York gummy bear flavor. It's a 100 Center Street hot dog flavor. <laughs> you too can taste what it's like when the characters on Law and Order eat lunch. <laughs> yeah, you also got uh, Italian American racism against Irish American gummy bear. Oh, I'd get that definitely. <laughs> oh, the tight, oh, tight seats at the film forum flavor gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> Something for the downtown crowd. I like it. Well, expanding. <laughs> but you know, no one's heard of amazing fruit. I, I hope someone on their no. uh, on their on their uh, podcast commute is yelling about amazing fruit right now. No, I have let no me idea just you know. About. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna look up see if I can uh, recognize sure. the yeah, logo Google. here. Google I, I, I got around. it. It's, com- it's coming to you right now. Oh, uh, when you 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 drop it, it in the, the this little virtual chat room. I just dropped it in the yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. You go. Oh, so I will say, Steve, yes, I do recognize not so much the little bears, funny enough, nope, but nothing. just the amazing fruit font. Hmm. Uh, but I, I, I can't confirm that I've actually ever had one. I used to love amazing fruit, dude. Was way into Ooh, it. Ooh, tropical amazing fruit. Look at that. I mean, it is, I'll, t- I'll say, having them in bear suits like that, very easy way to get, like, your PAs to play, like, your, your henchmen. <laughs> yes, <in this> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not kidding, Kevin. That's, that's a good thought. That's, you know, so, uh, yeah, I'll be the bear, but I'm not going to wear the costume. I'll do the voiceover, yep, from my bathroom again. <laughs> we do see him take off the bear hat, and he's, like, the big black bear at the head of this table. And God, yes. it's debasing to see him do this. It is. It and he, really sucks. And we're, we're also, you know what it reminded me of, which is, I think, equally pathetic, is when <laughs> at the start of U.S. Marshals, when Tommy Lee Jones has to be dressed up like that chicken. Yeah. And then they, like, they give chase, and so much of the chase is him without the chicken head, but the suit is still on. Just debased. 
debased. But and the thing is, like, you know, the point of the scene is like he's like, okay, whoever wants to leave could leave, and then he like throws darts and kills these guys. So it's kind of like an Untouchables reference to a little bit. Oh yeah, it's also a little bit like what he does to that one guy in Goldfinger. Not what he does, but what yes. Goldfinger does to the guy. Where it's like, oh yes, you may leave right now. Just get in the car, and our job will take you to the airport. And then he's also murdered. That's also true. It's weird, like, Eddie Izzard's, like, the, 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 the hench person here, and she's, like, she doesn't say a word, so, like, why are you hiring Eddie Izzard to not be funny, is my question. I mean, the, it, the amazing thing about any Eddie Izzard performance that's rad is when she gets to just run her mouth, which she's always been great at, and it's fucking hilarious. And, like, there's one line at the end of it and literally that fucking joke of like a silent character's last words being profanity has been done to death. I'll be honest, she made out great on this one. <laughs> she, she didn't have to say a word in this piece of shit movie. Gets to say fuck at the end of it, and that's it. And a paycheck for the fucking year. Thank I mean, you very much. There was definitely something going on where we wanted to see silent scary types. Yes. <clears throat> right. Yeah, it's it's weird. But and I'm trying it, to think too. So like this was ninety-eight and Izzard like must have been at the height of her powers right here, right? Because like wasn't dressed to kill kind of around the late nineties? Yeah, dressed to kill's late nineties, right. Velvet Goldmine's around here. Yeah, I mean like it, Oh, was, I did not know Eddie Izzard was in Velvet Goldmine. Yeah, she, she's a pretty big character. S- still still I've never seen oh, it. Oh, it's good. One. Good one. Really good movie, but mm. the thing is, like, if if you're doing a silent bruiser character, get a WWF yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Get fucking get, get Razor Ramon in there or something. <laughs> Razor Ramon. Uh, we had to fire Razor Ramon today from the Avengers movie. Oh, why is that? Oh, definitely too many racist comments. Uh, Razor, Razor Ramon tried to do a British accent and he killed half of our crew. I don't know how. They just heard it and died. I feel like when you when you inject a wrestler into something, I'm just like, okay, I'm watching. I'm now I'm really watching a dumb movie. Like this that is makes so <laughs> unbelievable because it's like, what, what people just go to the gym all the time? That's science fiction. <laughs> well, so this is interesting though, Eric. Right? Like, so what is a better movie? This or um. What's that Hulk Hogan movie we did a really long time ago? Oh, boy. No Holds Barred? Yeah. Oh, I well, No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred, yeah, for you're sure. Right, you're right, you're right, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, okay? No Holds <laughs> Well, yeah. you're right. There, there are definitely better movies featuring wrestlers, it's, but, but it's, I, just, <laughs> I just feel like, I don't I know. I get what you're saying. Well, again, it's kind of like what I was talking about with Sean Connery being in The Matrix. Whenever a wrestler appears on screen... You're kind of distracted, at least for a few minutes, because you're like, well, that's a wrestler. Exactly. Regardless of whether or not you know them, right? But I was actually just, this happened to me. Oh, this is, all right, perfect timing, right? Because of our, um, the Highlander episode that we did, I've been on this Lambert kick going through all these Christopher Lambert movies. And one of the things I decided to do was go back and fix the final Lambert-related Highlander blind spot that I had. And I watched that Highlander endgame. Yeah, trash, right? Total trash. Absolutely mm-hmm. total trash. But in that movie, in one, I think it's a flashback scene, all of a sudden, a professional wrestler from the Attitude Era, Edge, yes. is just in that movie. And, like, it's one scene. It's maybe yeah. 
maximum like two or three shots that he's in the movie <laughs> but it's enough that i was yeah. like oh fucking edge is in this movie and it was like i mean highlander endgame is terrible but it was like distracting me from highlander endgame and i was still a little aggravated at edge because of it i, I could definitely see that i will say <laughs> the problem for me is that eddie Izzard, she shows up and i'm like oh let's get going yeah yep. she's not in it for another what like She's like barely. She That's of course true. she doesn't say anything, but she's barely in it for another thirty minutes. Whereas like even Crispin Glover, like the whole point of him in that Charlie's Angels movie is that he has the figure to do the fight scenes. Like he can yes. do all that shit. He's very physical in that movie. Yeah, he's, he's also but, in the movie way more than Eddie Izzard <laughs> is in this movie. He's also Absolutely. thin, and you know maybe he's toned and shit, but like he's not a fucking like giant wrestler, Crispin <laughs> Glover. You know, like he's no thin, totally right? no, yeah. I mean, and he's physically intimidating in that movie, and Eddie Izzard isn't allowed to be physically intimidating. And I don't know if she would be back then anyway. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like sort of Eddie Izzard. Hi, I'm funny. Yeah. You well, know, you know they're, they're cast. They're, they probably they shot this in in the UK, probably right. And that's just mm. who was around, or <laughs> it could have been. But that's what I was asking about Dress to Kill, because then that's like. Yes. If the timeline matches up, that's a little bit of stunt casting in that way, because that thing was fucking massive. That special was massive on HBO. Uh, yeah. 99, actually. So pre oh, no. presaged. Okay. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. And yes, they filmed this entirely in the UK. So uh, there you go. Um, so they find out there's a company that's making like boutique personalized meteorology. Uh. And I cannot stress this enough, folks at home. Or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like you could buy your own weather for something and like which also kind of gives up the game because it's like, oh my god, who is manipulating the weather satellite? Like, oh, this company is advertising manipulating weather. I guess it's the same thing. Yep. Yeah, at this uh, at this is really where like if you're gonna if you're building something where the there this is a world where you can control the weather. I need some world building. Yeah, like yeah. And there's nothing like this is a completely fantastical society they've built here and they give you nothing. See, that's the thing is I need a tour of the facility with the computers that do manipulate the weather, not his personal biodome. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. And I and you need some sort of like, well, why are they doing this? Is it like a global warming situation? Are we in yes. some sort of kind of near future thing where there's way more ozone problems or something like and again, like I don't care what it is, just like any of those things would be you just, perfect. You can just make Sean Connery someone who was like, I invented this to be, you know, like I'm sympathetic to the plight of like, why should a drought destroy a farmer's crop or something? And yeah. then, and then he's, and then it, you know, he does, he saves that those people, and then it, it gets to his head, and he gets the god complex, and now he's controlling yep. the weather for the whole planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen like, I mean, god complex, like great ref only because like yeah think about like the the gravity of this device right and like the nonchalance with which all of this is addressed is just insane to me yeah you know what i mean and there's never really a moment where it's like all right you don't believe me eh well watch what i'm gonna do to italy yeah. or like <laughs> you know and yes. then like he does a hang scorpio and fucking destroys because something with a tornado or whatever then it would be a bond movie not a hip 90s comedy <laughs> oh got it and, and by the way the machine we get around this time we get to see the machine that's doing all of this it looks like an artisanal bong 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it's got, does, it's got like a big bubble at the, like it's a big sphere, and then there's like a pipe sticking out of it, essentially. Well, that's yeah. What look at this, this <laughs> sick fucking bubbler I made, eh? Look at it. I call it a storm chaser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, a couple of hits off the storm chaser, and you're not getting off the couch. <laughs> Take a couple of rips from the storm chaser, and you're going right into the suck zone. I'm some of my thunder cloud kush. Hold on, let me take a, a rip from the storm chaser. Holy shit, I want to do the Matrix now. Oh my God, get me that Wachowski's on the phone. No, no, no. I took a hit from uh, my storm chaser and I understand the script perfectly now. Oh yeah, it makes complete sense now. I ran through it. This is brilliant. Wait this, a minute. You, you two are going to be stars. Now that I'm looking at it, it's wearing off again. Get me the storm chaser. <laughs> oh my goodness. They're all making sense. Ramirez, Jardos, it's all coming together. The storm chaser really cleared up the cobwebs in me, Noggin. Heed, next time we do the storm chaser, put vodka in the bottom. <laughs> oh, man, no way. <laughs> Never have. Never. Is that something people do? Oh, uh, yeah. That, people uh, sure really, do Chris? Oh, is yeah. that That's what you're up to these days? Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> Every day, Eric. Have you ever done that, Cam? Oh, yeah, back in my, in my, in my mm-hmm. uh, younger like, days. You wake and bake to that now? Uh, yes, I've, every day, Eric. I haven't had a bong rip in about, I don't know, like, God, like, an honest-to-goodness B-O-N-G bong in, like, five years. I feel like if I did it, I would turn into Linda Hamilton's skeleton in uh, Terminator <laughs> 2, like, shattering in, the, in know, that fence. I'm, like, almost a daily user. I'm, You know, I'm a daily user at this point, but I, I couldn't imagine. I think it was probably, like, ten years ago the last time I, I hit a bong. Can I, uh, can I tell you guys something? Uh, did you buy a bong? <laughs> I'm literally looking at it right now. And <laughs> How's that I'll working out? You, it's fucking great. I'll tell <laughs> you, because uh, fucking Gabris bought this one and he was tweeting about it. And it was a thing where like the proceeds were going to a good cause for like, um, you know, cannabis conviction uh, justice and oh, whatnot. That's cool. And so I was like, right on, Gabris. And I fucking bought it. And dude, purchase of the year. Oh, <laughs> all right. I have to say, it's it's a it's a good time. These- <laughs> Might use it right after this recording. These days, if I ever did the fucking vodka at the bottom of the thing, I think I would actually look like Hamilton when she's having the fantasy about what happens to Terminator 2. And she's <laughs> holding onto the fence. Oh, yeah, yeah dude, exactly. Just fucking incinerate. That's, that's, what that's, my, what that's what my coughs would be like. Well, this one's got a little catch-all for like uh, ice cubes to put in the neck so it like cools oh, the whole thing down. Oh. It's, a re- it's a real smooth rip, I have mm, to say. Wow. Maybe when we can do an in-studio record again after we finish the episode, we'll do some killer bong rips. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, it's legal, you Bobbies listening, so leave us the fuck alone. Not enough Bobbies in this movie, right? Like, I that's nary a Bobby. Oh, 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 they're coming after me. I'm going to use my weather balloon on these fucking Bobbies. <laughs> You're going to get me out of the United Kingdom for tax-related reasons. You know, I usually manhandle boobies, not bobbies, <laughs> but for you, I'll make an exception. Uh, but, you know, uh, blah, 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 the movie continues. Uma Thurman, I think, uh, is deserves a little bit of a better career than she has right now. I think I think she deserves, like, she she's close, like, I just want to see her win an Oscar before we all, before like in this next couple of years, because she's 
awesome in that nymphomaniac mm-hmm. scene. That how, yes. one now, nymphomaniac scene is like, holy shit, this lady is insane. Has anyone yeah. seen The War with Grandpa? How is she I, in The War <laughs> with Grandpa? This is what I'm talking about, Eric. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Cabin. I know you saw I, it. How I, is she I, in I the haven't movie? seen it. Are you kidding me? Really? Oh, I thought I thought you did it for show research. No, 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 no. no. I thought you watched everything. I do not watch everything. I just said I haven't seen The Bot Squad. Yeah, no, I, but I do think Uma Thurman is is great and hasn't fully had her due. Obviously, you know, Kill Bill is great and uh, Kat, it should have happened there, which and, is insane. It should have, yeah, yeah that. I mean, I, and, yeah. I mean, like, Nymphomaniac Part One isn't like a movie that would be nominated for Oscars, but she should have been nominated for Best Supporting in that because it's such a crazy and amazing scene that she has. She's also good in The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Great yes. movie. Yes. I mean, she's never saw it. She's been good for so long. I feel like she needs like, like I don't want it to be Peppermint because Jesus Christ, but like, yes, a Taken like movie that's less racist would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, because like she, I mean, it's like there's no question about the two things. She can be in movies where she fucking kicks total ass, and also she can be in movies that she's just totally carrying. Yeah. Yes, you know what I mean. Like yeah. those kill boom, those kill boom movies. I think are great, but like she is those movies. Yes. Without Uma Thurman, those movies are definitely not as good. Absolutely. Oh, for sure, yeah, definitely. Nothing, no, nothing is there. And you know, Pulp Fiction as well. She's like, it's that movie is iconic for a reason, and she's pretty much the reason. You know what I mean? Like, or right. or one of the big reasons. Like those scenes that she has are those. That's the iconography of the film, and it's like holy shit, you know. Um, oh, and she also, uh, you know, for the short time that she's in the movie, man, uh, her role in uh, the house that Jack built oh. also yeah, also yeah. memorable. <laughs> Dude, that movie is quite something. It is, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I'm just like looking at what all she's been in, like in the last few years, like what does anybody know the existence of this movie? The con is on. Oh, no, no, I hope not. It's her, Tim Roth, Stephen Fry slumming it in this oh movie. Oh, my God. I looked, Maggie Q. I looked at dude. the poster and this is a fake movie. This is, yes, I mean, this dude. Is, this movie is trying to catfish you. Like, I would not <laughs> give this movie. There's so much Photoshop on this cover. On this cover. Yeah. I would not, like, put my uh, credit card information to rent this movie. Don't I, just, even, I would no. Yeah, don't accept that message if the con <laughs> is on 2018 messages you on Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, like nobody's in this. Look, look at this poster. This is not her. It's one of those things where it's like it's her head on somebody else's body, but maybe yeah. the legs aren't even that person's legs. Kind I, of a dude. Thing. Oh, and this is the biggest bit of bullshit of the whole thing. So in this, I'm looking at this poster. Okay, and uh, you know, if you're looking at the names left to right, Uma Thurman on the poster, Tim Roth on the poster, Alice Eve on the poster, Sofia Vergara on the poster, Maggie Q nowhere to be found. <laughs> I will Tim Roth on this poster. He looks like I don't know a jack or a jack o' lantern that you left out for two months. <laughs> uh, what is this fa- this weird sag face? No. And that is not his body. Uh, I mean, that's, he's like Chris Hemsworth's body. I mean, come on, aren't you excited by the idea of an airport con movie? <laughs> yeah, it, Dude, it, let me tell you, so man. good. The most presumptuous tagline of all time, and it won't be their last. <laughs> hey, you want to put oh, money man. on that, folks? Let me, since we're talking about it so much, let me read the little log line here. In an effort, holy shit, Crispin Glover's in it. Too. Oh, wow. Sorry. Well, he, oh, and Parker Posey. In an effort to avoid paying off a massive gambling debt to a notorious mobster in England, another Uh-oh. another one of these movies. 
a couple flee to Los <laughs> Angeles and hatch a jewel theft plot. That's exciting, actually. That's maybe the con is on is a pretty good movie. I'm gonna guess. Oh, do you think this is one of the best movies ever made? Think? <laughs> I think it could be. It's exactly <laughs> one minute longer than this movie. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean the, 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 I mean, the train went off the tracks. I think around my super ex girlfriend. Yeah, Ooh, that was a tough one. I remember I was in the booth she, for that she, back in the day. She did that. Like it was, it was like a couple real bad ones in a row. The producers remake that fucking get shorty uh, sequel. Be cool. Be cool. But you understand, Who saw but, that in the theater? But, but you can understand why she yes. would have signed they, on to oh, this project. Oh, yes. Those all paid huge, but then like... Well, not just that, but like, oh, they're making another Get Shorty? That is like a huge... Yeah. Cool yep. movie, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you're you're totally, you know, you're total. Eric is totally right about that because I remember when Be Cool was announced, it was like, fuck yeah, a continuation of the Get Shorty world, absolutely. Like, and then it turned out to be terrible, but yeah. at the time, but well, who do you think was saying, oh yeah, Be Cool? A, a continuation 10 years after the fact of the get shorty well, universe well sure tons of but... tons of people Ooh. tons of people that we worked with at the multiplex at the time that that movie and it came, came out. out in the in the mid aughts so I, I i feel like you were like ready to you were ready to like say ready okay it's been, it, it's been 10 <laughs> years but maybe this with well, this one will work or... but also like so like 2005 the rock was in that movie vince vaughn huge at the time cedric the entertainer andre 3000 like i totally get why there was hype for that movie. i, yeah, I understand that to be bad but but that's like, like yeah. all those like if you have a sequel of that size of course it's going to have some hype but like uh, 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 that doesn't matter but after that like it's like Sundance Lifetime movies, like yeah. the life, the life before her eyes, the accidental husband, motherhood. <laughs> I mean, it's just like these is movies it proof that, around here. Or by what, the way, I, it, I think around the house, I've been called the accidental husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was in uh, Burnt with Bradley Cooper. I did not know that. <sighs> It's just like, I mean, she was on uh, my favorite television show of all time, The Slap. Uh, oh, nice. oh, is Good that right? Mm, yeah, she like plays like one of the people that watches that kid get hit at a party. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it, you have to imagine how like how bleak it must be when the only guy you can really count on to give you a good role is Lars von fucking Trier. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, yep. I, I I always get these movies mixed up. She's not in Proof. She's in Prime. FYI, that's the 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 math movie that she's in. Oh, a math movie? You don't say. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exciting. That's it's just, an odd <laughs> number. It's just, it's just one of those things, man. Like, she's really great, and she just can't. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know why she's not like. She should be in more what stuff. What is this motherhood movie? Now, again, I'm sorry. I don't want this to turn into the gang reads IMDb like we were talking <laughs> Dude, about. Dude, I would week, rather but... read IMDb than think about this movie. I agree. But Jesus, this movie, Avengers motherhood, is so terrible. Uma Thurman, Anthony Edwards, Minnie Driver. I think. Uh, oh, who's this old lady? She's definitely dead. Jo yeah. Isn't Jodie Foster involved with that in some way? Uh, She's like a producer or something. Oh, it, that might be. Let's see. Because she makes uh, a cameo. I've I've seen Motherhood. Oh, good for Christine you. Christine Vachon is a pre uh, producer on it, but not. No. Uh, oh, she's also in movie forty three, which I believe oh. the way that movie was cast was they told everybody that they won a boat and they came. <laughs> <laughs> and all these actors like, oh shit, I won a boat. That's exciting. I didn't know that. And they they show up like, oh, actually, uh, just sign this 
Sign this for your boat. It's like, oh, now you got to be in movie 43. Sorry. Uh. By the way, Chris, <laughs> Jodie Foster plays Jodie Foster in the yep. movie. And uh, that's it. No, no producer credit. I think your points for the VHS trailer game are uh-huh. forfeit. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Oh, hey, you know who's also in Motherhood with Uma Thurman? Uh, Alice Drummond. You guys all know Alice Drummond. She was the librarian at the beginning of Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Are you menstruating? <laughs> I mean, so the B part happens. We can talk about that. That's like sort of exciting. Like that's mm-hmm. they sold this movie on this B part and it's like three seconds and I kind of don't even understand what they're doing because it's not even weather related. It's not weather related. It's kind of a bit of bullshit. We get Eddie Izzard controlling the the bee swarm and it's chasing their car, and it they shoot missiles and bullets. It's kind of confusing of how, Jesus, how these operate. Pick one, like just pick one, yeah, please. Exactly. Pick one. But <laughs> this is the most exciting set piece of the movie. We do get some cars turning on weird angles and like trying to stay on the road, and that's pretty exciting. Little explosions around it. We get. I, it. I think there were more interesting car chases in Downton Abbey. You're, you're absolutely right, but this is the best we got today on the show. <laughs> And it goes. They go through a forest. Uh, one of the one of the bees or wasps or whatever these fucking robot things are fly into the back uh, of the car. Uh, Ray finds like disables one and uses its gun against the others. Pretty exciting, kind of not really. It's a cool move that in like literally any other movie you'd be like, that was awesome. Exactly. But in this, it's just like, all right. Just keep going. The sooner you get that gun out of that bee's gut, the sooner I can get to the closing credit. I was and checking it- my watch throughout the entire film. Oh, yeah. And even this, like, the scene like this, even this, like, the editing is so jarring. Like, when he's, like, gutting the fucking robo-bee to fucking get its gun, <laughs> like, it's like a shaky cam. Like, you can't even tell what's going He's just throwing shit in the air. Like, it's just... I, I just like there's no way to latch on to anything, even in these big action scenes. The one action scene. This is the one. This is this and the end of the two big ones because the next yeah. thing that happens is like Uma Thurman gets kidnapped by Sean Connery and he drugs her and it's like we're trying to be psychedelic for a little while. Okay, are we? We're not psychedelic, but like trippy because she keeps like trying to escape, but she's in the same room oh, kind of a thing. Yes, yes, all of this M.C. Escher. Yeah, it, it reminded you know what it reminded me of was the uh, the film series Cube. Yeah. Oh, dude, I watched Cube Two Hypercube once. That was something. <laughs> oh boy. I but yeah, I that was like I never watched any of them. By the way, one of the highest moments of my life was watching <laughs> Cube Two Hypercube. I gotta say, Eric, you know what? At least give that first Cube movie a shot. Alright. Yeah. I'll shoot th- I'll I, shoot I, your I cube. It. I, yeah, I got the I got the script for cube. I said no thanks. <laughs> I better be understand it. <laughs> oh wait a minute, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank ye, Storm Chaser. Now I understood the film Cube. <laughs> thanks for thanks to my agent Storm Chaser. I'll now be appearing in Cube Three. I think there is some sort of prequel called like Cube Zero or something uh, sure. like that. I never checked it out. A lot of Cube movies. Um, also, the other thing, man, it's always a sin in really horrendous movies like this when they have sequences that really make you think about awesome sequences for other movies. And this whole like chase through the woods with these cars and the bees and whatnot definitely just reminded me of Return of the Jedi. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yep. The whole like for- forest chase on Endor and everything mm-hmm. with the the speeders, and I was like, 
Ah, I wonder what uh, Luke Skywalker and all his buddies are up to. <laughs> I think that every second of my life. Yeah. Um, they run afoul of uh, that old lady with the machine gun from the beginning of the movie, and it, like it turns out she's an agent with them or whatever, and she kind of brings them to, I guess it's Sean Connery's uh, house uh, or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, wonderful. I know it's terrible, but I'll I'll tell you what you get the little the gag in here that I was laughing about too when they get on the property. There's a little peacock, and I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bad. I guess because he's a uh, he can control all the weather, so why not? And then you know, like you want in a movie like this, you know, people all over the world join hands, enter the love maze, uh, love maze, uh. dude. I never heard that expression before. It's just like a big old hedge maze that they get into, and they're like, oh, look at this. A love maze. I was like, ah, is that a, that a over there term for hedge mazes or what? <laughs> is there like Daddy, a, I didn't hear that in The Shining. Daddy, get in the love <laughs> maze, Daddy. <laughs> oh, I'm coming for you, Daddy boy. You find love in the maze. <laughs> Don't you know that I love you? Now come <laughs> over here and let me chop your fucking head off. Yeah, love is cold. <laughs> can't understand why people like that shining movie that jack nicholson character is just so unlikable it would have been problematic it would be funny (laughs) if they did have like a heart in the middle of the hedge maze (laughs) like the middle area where you like finally meet everybody is actually a heart that would make more sense uh nicole kidman was uh approached to play emma peel she almost took it but she was actually still making eyes wide shut so it's like ah Do I want to be one of the worst movies ever or a really great movie? Ah, fuck. What do I want to do? Uh, uh, Well, I'll do it talent permitting. Okay. Talent (laughs) needed me, so no. (laughs) Um, So, like, Uma, yeah, Uma, like, falls through the ground or something right here. Yeah. Like, in the hedge maze. Uh, this around here, I don't remember what the situation is, but it's Sean Connery. This, I believe, was a trailer line where he, like... Get, I think he gets up in Ray finds his face and he's like, rain or shine, all is mine. Oh, dude. Woof. Yeah. That was, I think, part of his big like speech to the other. The It's not the UN, but it seems like it, right? It's sort oh, of. He does, kind of- he does make a similar speech to a, yeah, it's not the UN because we're in England. It's just like a meeting of world leaders that's in some building for some reason I, yeah. I, I would have at least liked to seen the scenes of him in the mirror beforehand well uh hmm well if it's uh, it's gonna snow and it's gonna blow uh, <laughs> god damn it that's yes. not good shit you're gonna be the wave of the future wave of the future wave of the future you're a fucking star. You're a fucking star. <laughs> Look at my, take out my big fucking willy. Yeah, my, big, my big rubber cock. <laughs> <laughs> He's dressed in like the full, like, I guess, Scottish regalia. And this, like this scene, I mean, that him talking to these world leaders, that was like the trailer. Like, and it yes. was like, there was hype for this movie based on this scene. And it's one of the better scenes of the movie. Because it's the most that he... No, it's not good, but it's like it's the most that Sean Connery gets all his like puffy-chested Sean Connery-ness out into the film. It's the only time he's like actually used correctly, basically. Exactly. Because the rest of the movie 
doesn't know what to do with him, and he's not going to tell you what to do with him. It, he doesn't. Well, that's know. and that's the thing. Like, I was I remember the trailer, and I was like, oh, this is the Sean Connery kilt movie, right? And like, he's barely wearing <laughs> that kilt. Come on, yeah, it's it also sucks. one of the few <laughs> scenes where you fucking understand what he's talking about and what's going on. Put like, the just, kilt yeah. on. There is, um, because there's like, there's so many moments in this movie, not just Uma Thurman's character, because it happens to Ray Fiennes also, but like between the two of them, they are getting knocked unconscious and waking up in other places so many times that I can't tell which time is which, but there's one time where she gets knocked out again. She wakes up like back at Ray Fiennes' place and he's like, oh, those boots that I ordered oh, for yeah. you came in. And dude, I think special guest director Quentin Tarantino <laughs> right here. <laughs> she was like, you got to go to my man QT for this fucking foot scene with these boots, baby. There was one moment where she escapes Sean Connery's marble palace by jumping through a mirror that is a window that was painted over. Yes, that's what it is. When yeah. she escapes yeah. the like the cube house, she jumps through a window, and Ray finds is just like standing outside, like hearing the glass break. Like, oh, how fortunate! Mm-hmm. There she is. And th- yes, that's how they then wind up back at his house with this boot scene. And then we get, but like again, yeah. yeah, it's it's so hard to follow. We, Sorry, we also, no, we just also get like like Ray finds visits the Invisible Man, and ah. it's like <laughs> I understand how exciting that would be, but. Uh, this is something that could have been on the cutting room floor and maybe we put in more plotty stuff. Uh, well, then you'd have to find somewhere else for this voice actor here because this is Patrick McNee, the fucking OG John Steed from the show. Oh, and some old septuagenarian <laughs> was jerking off in the theater when he saw him, yep. I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. There he is. There's the one. <laughs> Where's my willy pill? <laughs> I I can't hear, but I read about it. Good for you. Oh, I'm dead. And this invisible man, you know, he works in like the archives of, I think the organization is just called the Ministry. Is that right? It's just the Ministry. Yeah. Making me think about professional wrestling again. Or or, or Ministry, great band. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, some of their early work I would be more into. Yeah. Mm hmm. Don't know that I've ever heard a song by Ministry. They're good. Che- uh, check out their early work. I think With Sympathy is worth a spin. Mm. All right. Um, but yeah, so he like works in these archives, and this is like Ray Fine's kind of going to do some research. And it's kind of one of the only moments in the movie we get any sort of helpful exposition, but it's like too little too late, really. But it's like there were some cloning experiments that happened, and Sir August was a part of those. And so like that closes the book on fucking cloning in this movie. Yep. Like it doesn't really go, you know, any farther than that. Um, there is though. Oh man. I kind of like, cause this is where it's like, Oh yes. Like Sir August very much used to be, you know, in with the ministry. There is a hilariously bad Photoshop photo of Connery and Fiona Shaw. Did you catch that really quickly? Yeah. Like in these archives, it looks so bad. It's just not. Just take a picture of them together. <laughs> no, like get him for another day. Or like have them have lunch and be like, take the picture, at, you know, like secretly if that's the case. Yep, exactly. Because like in that Photoshop. They're not made to look any younger, so it's totally irrelevant. Take a picture of them eating lunch. You're absolutely they, right, Steve. They look like yes. jib jabs. They like they cut off the heads from promotional <laughs> pictures and put them on like a, a Pfizer promo image. Like, oh yes, you can use a picture of me in a promo photo from my great film, Medicine Man. <laughs> 
Better movie than this. Absolutely. Yeah. Much yeah. better. It would be funny but, if he had one with very long hair like that. That would be amazing. Would be I would love that. Or my, my ponytail days. I, I was a hippie back in the day. Sorry. Oh, you know, of course, I discovered the cure for cancer. Now, where did I put it? Oh, <laughs> that is one cocktail napkin that character should have held on to. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then so like this is this is where Connery is also at the same time making that speech. And this is like, man, like the, the production design in this movie isn't terrible, but there are some bad decisions like here. There's like Jim Broadbent as this mother character watching Sean Connery on a bunch of like monitors that are all showing the exact same thing. But it kind of just looks like Jim Broadbent is watching Sean Connery dailies. Like, <laughs> yes. It just is so totally bizarre. And then you think like, well, just from like what you're looking at, where are the cameras in this room? Why are all these monitors of different sizes for some reason it's like he's in like an old tv repair shop or something and there's just all these monitors around i don't get it it's like a terry gilliam image like it's like you stack them up (laughs) on each other of different sizes like that it doesn't make like this it's not a dilapidated society it's you're just the ministry Dude, but he does have a funny line here, though. Uh, I don't remember what this is in response to, but Connery just yells, Oh, do shut up! <laughs> Which is great. Uh, and So he gives these guys... Uh, this is really the only kind of like timetable you have in the movie because he's like, okay, here's my James Bond villain plan. I am going to sell you the weather. Uh, so do with that what you will, um, but I'm going to give you till midnight tonight to make this decision. And like... I don't even know what this is supposed to be, but all of a sudden there's just a globe in the room that Sean Connery bats like a huge beach ball yeah. or something, and it like goes right to the camera. Dumb. He also terrible. He has he's he has a collection of them. He's yeah. a big collector of snow globes. Well, yeah, on his on yeah he does. no no no, but like a, a globe, not a slow snow globe. Oh, the but actual like just a, globe. Yes, yes, yes. Because yeah. he yeah he, he bats it. You know, his it's, staff uh, also has the globe on it. So there's there's been a bit of globing uh, with him. But when he <laughs> when he hits it and it goes towards the camera and he's like saying like and you have until midnight or whatever to like pay him or whatever. And then when yeah. it hits the camera, you hear him go tonight. <laughs> just, just, so you, just so you know that's midnight uh, tonight alright I'll do the ADR but it'll cost you 40 bucks alright <laughs> I guess it's unclear yeah. tonight it, it, it's framed like people are like well does he mean midnight tonight or does he mean midnight, midnight. a few days from now or was it mid- oh my god was it midnight this morning oh my god no no tonight tonight, tonight. Now give me my $40 <laughs> so I can buy me a steak. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. so she I don't, she fucking goes unconscious again somehow, and Uma Thurman wakes up in a big old hot air balloon. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a thing. And, That's a thing. And this is like this is like where two of the villains of this film are dispatched straight to hell, mm-hmm. and you can't even tell that one of them died. But but first, because, Mother wakes, yeah. Mother realizes the plot, and we get, like, Mother and Father, you know, Fiona Shaw fighting a little bit, and yes. it's just full of atrocious fucking dialogue, like, oh, well, Mother knows best, and then, like, when, when Father bests Mother, 
it's not really Mother's Day now, is it? Or uh, yeah, yeah. Oof, a lot of dude, that, that is this movie. <laughs> but I, I do love when Jim Broadbent is bested by Fiona Shaw. He just kind of sits on his back and is just kind of smoking the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what I deserve. To die out here on the street. Leave me alone. So we got that. Yeah. Me freeze to death like a Dickens character. Thank you. <laughs> so Andrew, you were talking about the hot air balloon, and now at this point, like it's snowing throughout London, and 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 and, yeah. and we even see some tornadoes just hanging out in the rivers or lakes or oceans that are nearby. I don't know what you guys <laughs> are doing. Uh, yeah, it's it's really dumb. There's like tornadoes across the Thames and whatnot, and so it's Uma Thurman the clone of Emma Peel and father, Fiona Shaw, like in this hot air balloon, uh, Emma Peel escapes. And so the clone drives the hot air balloon like into a big sign for that niche weather company. (laughs) And the thing explodes. And I'm like, oh yeah, so I guess Fiona Shaw was also on that balloon. So she's dead too. Like... They just don't, the movie never really acknowledges also, correctly that she dies if there. If you have a fucking clone that is the evil version of someone, I, I need more time with that clone. I need to understand any of that motivation. No, or, And much like uh, Eddie Izzard's character, it doesn't speak throughout the entire movie. Yeah. It just, and like, you don't, like, yeah, maybe a cool fight would, like, there's, there's sort of a fight, but like all the fights are really, really bad in this movie. Like, yes. And, so, like, you know, Uma Thurman versus Uma Thurman, that's kind of yeah. cool, right? And the clone motivation could be, like, if I kill you, I can actually live your life. I'll, you know, otherwise, I'm, like, in this nether space. I, exactly. But because that clone doesn't talk, you don't know anything about what it's thinking. It's honestly <laughs> aggravating. I was wondering, if during the start, for, like, the first 30 or 40 minutes, you don't know it's uh, a clone. And I was like, is Sean Connery turning into Uma? That's is there, what like, I thought magic, <laughs> glamour? What's going on here? I'll just go into my phone booth and turn it into Uma Thurman. <laughs> How disturbing is that? He just does the Mission Impossible yeah. face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Rips We're ripping off masks just like that movie. Yeah. And then suddenly when I rip this off, I gain 30, 50, 100 pounds. <laughs> and I'm shorter for some reason. You go in for a close-up on that one, I think. That's uh, how, yeah, that's how you, you get that so, one. Yeah, I guess that one wouldn't work. But I would love to know literally anything about this clone character, which but, is now yep. dead. No, the, the clone- whole fucking the whole fucking attitude of the movie is you'll get nothing and like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the clone was wearing what I, I'm going to put this in a, 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 a quotation marks is wearing the iconic cat suit that Emma Peel wears. Right. And then later in yeah. the movie, Uma Thurman, uh, the Emma Peel character is just wearing it. So like, did she take it off the clone's dead body? When did she, Dude, get- I think, I think she stripped that corpse. Cause I was, <laughs> I was going through the timeline, yes. Steve. And I was like, where did she get that jumpsuit if not tearing it off the dead body of that corpse? I mean, when you know, whenever you're presented with a corpse, definitely scavenge whatever you can use. Totally. And, See what's in that wallet, dude. They absolutely. don't need it. Absolutely. And also like, yeah. If you find a clone that is wearing an outfit that you like, you are well within your rights to kill oh, yeah. that clone and take that outfit. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that person can be naked in a coffin. And when yeah. you know it'll fit. I w- exactly. <laughs> I really do wish we had gotten like the Ken Russell cut of this, where like stuff like that's happening. But also, we find out uh, Sean Connery's weird obsession with Uma Thurman wife. Like, 
All that stuff suggests such a more perverted, like the guy collects snow globes and is obsessed with Uma Thurman, mm -hmm. who might yep. be his wife or maybe not. There's <laughs> such a weird fucking guy here, and I don't know nothing about so, him. It sounds like a lot of a lot of people out there, to be honest. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, of, of course. The, the weirdos out there, my lord, they're listening now. We, we've already said too much. <laughs> Um, but so when when you know Steed gets up to her and finds her alive and everything, this is where they just start making out, and yeah. you're like, definitely not. And then when they stop kissing, he's like, "Oh, I was kissing you to make sure you were the right Emma Peel." Y y yeah, and I want I want like some like old British haughty man. Ha! I cannot believe this movie was terrible, but they're not <laughs> supposed to kiss. <laughs> that's not the that's not my peel and steed. Listen, my my son did not die in the Falkland Islands for this. <laughs> he didn't die for much, man. Yes, he did. He actually he died exactly for this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. So like they they infiltrate his thing, and basically she's gonna fight Eddie Izzard, and he's gonna fight uh, Sean Connery, Connery, and yeah. she fights Eddie Izzard. It is a quick. It's almost something, but like they're on a bunch of wires, and like Eddie Izzard just falls to her death and says, fuck, so cool. That's something. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is, again, if this character were speaking, yes, this is something, right? Because you can imagine, you know, Eddie's, uh, you know, running her mouth right here, you know, being Eddie. And then like Uma Thurman is retorting and whatnot. And it could be like a thing, but it's just not because this character is fucking mute, except. They're actually not because they say, oh, fuck at the end. So, like, it's all for nothing. Like, you, because it's not a joke. Like, yes. just saying, oh, fuck, as your only line is not a joke. Like, the thing is, you have Izzard make, like, some fucking ridiculous face and the character falls yes. to his death. And that's, you know what I mean? And stay within the joke because it's just, it's so not funny. That's the thing. It, it, it is, but it is. That is the joke. I'm sorry. Like, the whole character is leading up to that joke. All, no, all you needed was a face somebody would recognize enough to keep up with that character through the movie, and then they had to say fuck, and that's I about it. I think they it. were like, they probably, before Eddie Izzard was cast, they probably cast like just one of those like nothing faces from those early Guy Ritchie movies, mm, you know? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, well, it's only going to be funny if a known personality, perhaps even indeed a famously articulate motor mouth plays this character you know who's you know? imposing when he's quiet jason statham sure he would have been fine in that role honestly yeah you can't get that guy to shut up though, <laughs> unless he says the better man <laughs> <laughs> and jason statham should be seen and not heard i very yeah. much agree yeah, you know what? i agree <laughs> I, I that's why yeah. i think he'd be perfect for it honestly mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like so Connery fighting with uh, uh fines here, <laughs> okay. he causes like a ma massive storm in this, like, I don't know, silo where this device is being kept or some shit. I do like the line, like, oh, what's your name, Steed? Sounds like a horse's ass. Oh, what a horse's ass for a name! Yeah, kind of the only time I was like, all right, screenplay, mm -hmm. that's it, yeah, and it was a fucking improv line. <laughs> So you're only um, another thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, this is like you get during this end sequence. There's a lot of shit that just made the trailer, including like one of Sean Connery's things is like he's throwing darts at people in this movie, and he tries to throw a bunch at Ray Fiennes. It hits the hat, and he's like, "You're going to pay for that," or whatever. Like that's in the trailer. <sighs> also, like the weather storm outside is doing crazy shit, including like again, this is like these fucking like Hollywood production designers being like. All right, so what? Uh, what's something these fucking tea drinkers will uh, recognize? Oh, what's that big clock that they got? <laughs> Look at that big clock fucking blow it up. Yeah. Because, like, Big Ben just explodes, and that was, like, all over the yeah, trailer was Big yeah. Ben exploding. With this lightning bolt going through it. They should have, they yep. should have blown up the Queen Mum. Mm. Yeah, to, get her ass out You see out of Buckingham there. in the background, unscathed as usual. <laughs> I bet you that was on the cutting room floor, Eric. What if they killed <laughs> Prince Philip, or, or, you know, twenty years earlier? Saved people, saved a lot of fucking tra trauma. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> get it out of the way. That's the thing: is dying early is underrated. <laughs> there is a funny moment in this fight, though, where it's like when they're when they're doing like some of the very brief like hand to hand combat between the two guys, and like Ray finds elbows Sean Connery in the back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's There's like a lot of a really solid like ack me back. He's, he's like really pounded on the back too, like really punching it. It's really kind of funny. <laughs> and you, you get those classic the classic lines of dialogue from this movie, like "time to die," and then, yeah. And then like Ray finds just jumps down to like a lower platform, and Sean Connery has to be like, oh, "Okay, I got to rock, go down the stairs, and I'll fight you down yeah, there." Yeah, I'm gonna now. take the stairs. Oh. <laughs> I mean, like what should have happened in this scene is. Sean Connery like cuts Steed's face and like it opens up and he's a robot. Like it was like, oh, that oh. makes all this like he's like a Terminator. You know what I mean? Like he's a secret yeah. Terminator the whole time. The clone should have been a robot. I'm gonna yes. say it. That would be yep. that's easier to stomach. Clones are just too specific. Also, if you're manipulating the weather, it seems more sciencey robot-y than it yes. does human cloning. Yeah, I no, I think you're totally right, man. Because that's like this organization now, this ministry, whatever. You got one too many fingers and one too many pies here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. stick to like mechanics and robots. Like, don't get into like biological shit. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't. I don't even get a scene where like we get like the clone Uma Thurman like walking out of a port, like from the whatever clone what she was cloned from, and like yeah. she's got like something on like. A, a robot face would be ten times easier. Just like peel it back, robot. Peel it yeah, back. Like exactly. that's easy. It's over. And then it's like a Bill and Ted robot face underneath. Exactly. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah, totally. That would be awesome. I mean, yeah, no, that would be awesome. Other, yeah, other, <laughs> otherwise, I need a Judge Dread esque fucking cloning facility at least. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's when, dude, you get some serious cinematic universe crossover here. You get Harris Yulin from Multiplicity. And he comes over and he's like, oh, you see there? the problem you have here with these English clones is you don't have one that's the workaholic, the one that's the beefcake man, the stupid one and the gay one. <laughs> Which is the whole thesis of multiplicity. This one is into tea more than normal. <laughs> All, right. All right, I'll program him to say crumpet. And this one here, he really loves soccer. Or as you call it, football. <laughs> oh, great. Hold on one second. I'm getting a call from Quentin Tarantino. No, you can't have Uma Thurman's clone just be feet. 
Doesn't make any sense. I don't know what a bend over is, but that can't be legal. <laughs> you know, Listen, I, you buy the whole thing. You're not getting a discount. Just close you off the feet. Oh, five years ago, I, I took a job from him. I made a person completely out of feet <laughs> for him, specifically for him. He keeps it in his basement. Hands, feet, legs, feet, face, feet, torso, feet. <laughs> Next thing I knew, it totally blew up. Got a phone call from the NFL's Rex Ryan. <laughs> now I'm just making feet people. Fetal, as I call them. My army fetal. of fetal. Oh, fetal. <laughs> and this one oh, is so fetal. fat, we call it a fetal pig. And they will, and they will rule over my feetum. <laughs> and it will truly be a planet of feet. <laughs> oh, planet of feet. Finally, I'm home. He actually didn't like it that much. It turns out when you make a person completely out of feet, you can't really step on anything. <laughs> oh, what's what's this? The ancient prophecy when the when the world is all feet, the rivers will run red with cum. Oh, wait, red, red, white with cum. Uh huh. Indeed. Yeah, if you get red cum, there's some problems. Yeah. <laughs> Call a doctor. Is, when hell is full, feet fetal will rule the world. <laughs> Oh man, you know what? So the Sean Connery dies really coolly here. Yes, I, and as I, as I was saying, the reason for my one star uh, rating on Letterboxd is his death because, like, Ray Fiennes impales him <laughs> with Sean Connery's own staff, yep. which then conducts lightning. He's doing a little bit of a skeletoning out, yeah. but not as much as there should be. It's like a quick And then, like, the lightning, the lightning just, like, steals him up into the sky or yeah. something? Yeah, he flies up into the sky, and it is like a like a quickening of some kind, like a bad quickening. Well, they kind of take him out like a Terminator <laughs> a little bit. Like, that's it, it's he's just a 65-year-old man. You only do is shoot him in the heart. You have to, like, stab him and get him with electricity. Yeah, just impale him with your stupid umbrella yeah. or whatever the fuck Ray finds. Come the on. storm eats him. Like the fucking thunder comes up and like scoops him up and eats the, the cloud yeah, and chews yeah. him up. And by the way, it's insane. not that it matters that th this fight, I guess, isn't like on an island in London. That's not, I don't know, it's part of his compound or something. Anyway, it, it gets lit up and that's that. Yes, massive explosion because there's, of course, like Uma Thurman turns off the machine, but then it kicks into some like self-destruct thing. And she's she has some line that I feel like really spoke to me as an audience member because she turns to Ray Fiennes and is like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, interesting, Uma Thurman. That's what I've been saying this whole movie. <laughs> but yeah, it just blows up. And then like immediately, like they get into this, like, uh, you know, the little bubble control center and you don't know what happened to them. And then it's like Jim Broadbent on the horn with the prime minister. Like, yeah, don't worry. We definitely fucking killed that wily Scotsman. Uh, haven't heard from my people yet. Yada, yada. Bubble comes up in the middle of the Thames and starts like floating, you know, uh, un under Tower Bridge there and everything. And you're like, all right, end of the movie. But then it's like there's this two second little uh, epilogue where they're on a random rooftop, this gorgeous flowery rooftop with Jim Broadbent. The two of them are wearing white and there's flowers everywhere and there's Jim Broadbent, you know, is like the older figure. And I was like, is this some bullshit wedding scene yeah. we're watching right now? Luckily, it's not. But it's like 
close enough because they clearly they fucked on the, that <laughs> bubbles way back up to the surface for sure. It definitely, I thought it was a wedding scene, and I rewound it and I read Wikipedia to confirm it wasn't, but it kind of yeah. looks like one. It definitely does. Like just the wardrobe and the flowers, and you're outside and whatever. So like, it's not really a you know you're not going to believe this. Yes, but it's still in a way like. This is just the first of many wild adventures uh, for the Avengers. Many. Also, of are they memes. called the Avengers at any point? I don't think what so. What is that about? No, they're so. just sort of like, you know, they're there. <laughs> it literally is just Steed and Peel. Yeah. yeah, dude, I love their sketch about gremlins, too. Good one. Uh, that's the end of this fucking piece of shit movie. Um, I kind of know what everyone's going to say, but Steve, we'll start with you. Recommendations and final thoughts. Oh, Lordy, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's, it's super dull. Um, and two actors I really like, and, and, you know, three put in. No, I actually, I like most of the cast. I like Fiona Shaw. I like, it's a great cast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I love, I mean, we haven't talked a ton about him, but Ray Fiennes is usually excellent and awesome. Uh, this, I haven't been this bored since a, by a movie since Spider, huh, gang? Anybody? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good movie? I haven't watched it forever. It's a good movie, Steve. Okay, it's been it's been. But it's a movie where I watched it as a youth. Exactly. Because like, you know what it was, Cabin was that was right when Cronenberg was making a turn from like I'm making exclusively David Cronenberg esque movies, and I was at the time like that ain't my Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I do want to go back to it, but and, I, at the time I remembered Steve also not like. Anywho, it. yeah, I, I also wanted this movie to be sillier because it's got that reputation of being one of the worst movies ever made. And you're like, oh well, that, it's not even a seeing is believing. Just like really stay clear. There's nothing here. Yeah, yeah, totally. Chris Cabin. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot. Like it. I looking back at it, I just didn't understand how inept it was. Even the last time, whenever I saw it, was. Like I, I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely a bad movie. I remember seeing it and thinking it was a bad movie, but like how deeply wrong it is. Like it's almost <laughs> like a snowman thing where I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. And I don't yeah. know where I'm at. Like I, I was searching the whole time. And it also has that fake Burton-y feel a little bit that we yes. were still getting. Like this and the shadow both were like working through some shit that just didn't work out. <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah a, a terrible movie. Don't see it. Eric Siska. Yeah, uh, I think this is one of the worst movies we've ever done. I would add it to the Pantheon, including The Pest and Ultraviolet. It's just, there's just nothing here. I don't like it. Don't watch it. I think it's a thing where, you know, I don't agree with those folks that are like, oh, it's, uh, I'm putting on my list of like the worst movies ever made. Because I feel like, with studio chop jobs, that kind of disqualifies it. Mm. But at the same time, this, Chris, I'm, gr- I'm glad you brought up Snowman, uh, Mr. Police, I gave you all the clues, because that's another movie where it's like, it was just such a disaster. You really, like, society would have been better off if you just shelved it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what this yes. is. It's yeah. like, the world would not have blinked. We would not have missed a rotation around the sun if this movie had never come out. No one would have been disappointed. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you're going to butcher a movie this much, you know, you're going to butcher your product. Like, eat shit, Warner Brothers. Like, no way. You should have put this movie out. Like, it is terrible. Yes, the the Marvel Avengers is a better movie. Thank you. Um, it is. 
it's still not a movie I care for, but it's better than this, obviously, because it's at least a movie that's put together properly. You know what I mean? And like, there's nothing I hate worse than a squandered cast and top to bottom, everybody's here is wasted. So like, yep, I agree with everybody here. I agree with Steve. It's not a seeing is believing. Do not bother if you haven't. I will say the, I tried to watch this once before I rented it. I fell asleep uh, with the rented DVD. And when I, you know, the next day, I just took it back to the video <laughs> store. Like, Smart uh, you know, maybe someday I'll have some show and I'll have to talk about it. But right now in 1999, I'm returning you to Blockbuster. Oh, and that's it, folks. That is the end of Sean Gone Month. Um, but this has been fun, man. Reignited my love for Highlander. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll come back to some some Connery movies. At oh, some for sure. Yeah. Feel. We, one movie uh, you guys should all seek out is a movie called Outland, uh, which is Sean Connery in space. It, it it's it's definitely an episode, but it's on the L. It's like a Highlander L H kind of a situation. You know, I've been circling it. Right? I've been yes. circling it, so it's, I'm. De- I definitely got to check it out. It's a dad movie, man. It's well, it's it's basically High Noon in Space with Sean Connery. Is like almost ooh. exactly. Is that not directed by O.J. Simpson's best friend uh, Peter Himes? I believe it is indeed. Oh, <laughs> oh right, yeah. By the way, dude, to be known as O.J. Simpson's <laughs> best friend, that's a problem. Uh, who else is in that movie, Steve? Anybody of note, oh, or is God, it just the Connery show? It's mostly the Connery show. There's other like character actors I want to say that show up, um, but not like. Hold on, I'm pulling up right now. Peter, oh Peter Boyle is like the the bad guy. That's right. Oh, now we're talking. All right. Well, now I'm definitely sold. Um, but yeah, Sean Gone Month was a lot of fun. If you haven't soaked up all of Sean Gone Month, because of course over on Patreon we do have a We Love Movies episode on Goldfinger patreon.com slash we hate movies got a lot going on there this month including it dropped last week gang the first ever once in a lifetime we're talking stalked by my doctor with eric roberts that's a wild ride right there quite 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 a messy listen we get quite wild in that one i will say i think all these lifetime ones are going to be adults only fyi Yeah. yeah totally don't listen to that one in the car with the kids that's all i have to say um, but of course, the Nexus will be coming out in short order. Mm. Uh, what the hell was the ID the this Mighty month? Mighty Ducks. Uh, yeah, the Mighty Ducks. We also have Goldfinger on the you WLM feed. Yeah, we got a lot of exciting stuff on there. The Gleep Glossary, where we read about Star Wars characters you might have forgotten this month, is Reese, the Goat Face Three Eyed Men. From uh, Jabba's <laughs> sail barge, I believe. But sail yeah. barge, indeed, dude. Yeah, he was, he was part of the crew at the palace. All them scumbags, but he was the one they hated the yes, most. Yeah, uh, <laughs> tragic life. Uh, of course, uh, Melrose two one zero already out. We are enjoying the the Patreon journey there again with our favorite uh, L.A. Wunderkins and weird mid twenties uh, pseudo adults. <laughs> Uh, but as always here on We Hate Movies, the show rolls on. Even though Sean Gone Month, uh, the sun is setting on it. We are kicking off a new month next week. And Steve, what what is going on? Next week will be the first time I ever watch Stargate. What? Yes, what? dude. Holy shit. Okay, yeah. Stargate is a movie that I remember being one of the best movies in the 90s <laughs> when I was a kid. I'm sure it doesn't hold up, but Kurt Russell's in it and Russell rules. It's a little long in the tooth, but you got James Spader playing like a nerdy guy with long hair. I'm I'm very stoked to revisit this one. Is this also, I mean, because it's 
May. This is the kickoff of our summer blockbuster extravaganza. Well, did we do that in June? It's kind of is it June? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's kind well, of it's kind of the that. same thing. It, it, it's the same. Yeah. I mean, it, we got a lot. I mean, we do have a lot of great titles coming out in June and May. By the way, yeah, we're, we're it might we're, as well be. We are stacked through, throughout throughout this summer. And I'll, I'll, I'll I will drop a hint. Uh, there will be a Kurt Russell on the WLM as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Ooh, mm-hmm. Look at that shit. I'll say about Stargate, it's a movie that I rented on VHS. And like the weekend that I rented it, I watched it like five times. <laughs> Dude, oh, yeah. Opening uh, night, I, packed house. Really? Hell yeah. That's awesome, dude. I got to say, I... I haven't seen it in a really long time. There was a time, maybe like two years ago, I tried to uh, rewatch it. Complete greenout situation, and I never went back. But it was a movie that, like, little like preteen Andrew was obsessed I with for a while. I think Richard there. Kind is in it. Let me check. Ooh, I like that. He might be in the <laughs> early part, like yes. when the scientists. I think he's yes, he's one of the know-it-all. Yeah, he is in it. Yeah, he's one of the. But James Spader's like, oh well, you forgot to do the. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't do that. Dude, we got French Stewart. It's a stacked cast. Get ready wow, French Stewart yep. in a science oh. fiction film. Yes. Besides a science fiction film, besides his sitcom, which was science fiction, and mm. Inspector Gadget 2. And some would argue <laughs> Home Alone 3. That's what the one he was in. Right? All, right, yes. all right, look, you know what? I, second shot, I'm a little off my game, <laughs> but everyone should t- get that second shot because it's going to feel great when I go to the fucking movie theater, man. Absolutely. <laughs> there it is, folks. So until next week when we cross dimensions, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. Chris Gavin. Take it easy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.